we, are we like start? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yes, sir. So, um, I want you to keep in mind, uh, obviously, I've all, I haven't been rolling cigars for a, a little bit over a year. So, obviously, they Fairly don't look as, uh, as good as everybody else's. You rolled this? Yeah, yeah no, these no, are his. These. So, that's the foot you're looking at right now. I did a closed foot on that one just for fun. Okay. So, you're going to turn that over? Oh, yeah, you got the right side. Okay. 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 Yeah. Um, Let's do it on the floor. Yeah, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. So, that's why they don't look that great. I'm still got some construction issues. Don't be afraid to critique me as hard as you want. I think okay. it looks pretty sexy, to be honest with you. So, so the green ones, that's a candela wrapper leaf. And they have some sort of different process for uh, drying it in the beginning so that it keeps that green color. Okay. And, it's, and that, that leaf's supposed to have uh, notes of uh, grass or green tea and stuff like that. I will tell you this. So, when before you roll cigars, your wrapper leaves especially... You have to like rehydrate them a little bit, and when I rehydrate the candela shit, my whole fucking room smells like I just mowed the lawn and like dump gallons of green tea out. Okay, it's kind of obnoxious. <laughs> but awesome. so the the only difference between the two cigars y'all have is one's got the candela wrapper leaf, and the other one it's a Ugandan wrapper leaf. But okay. the candela ones, the reason I use the candela wrapper. That lets me know that those are my short filler cigars. Okay. So those cigars are actually made from the other cigar. Okay. Okay. And there's actually a little bit of a cool story um, with with the cigars y'all have. So I, I started rolling cigars just because I wanted to learn more. And then it became a thing where I'd try and make a blend for one of my friends up here. And I would name it after them. Nice. Well... I, so I was having a problem with one of my leaf supply companies, so I started looking out, looking for other ones, and I found this company that had this wrapper leaf from Uganda, and I was like, I've Jumbo. never, I've never heard of that, and so I was like, you know what, I want to get just like nothing but African tobacco if I can, and make like an African puro because that's like, the, right. it, hold on, keep in mind, this is like, what are, we're in twenty twenty three, this was, I believe, like just before twenty twenty two. Right, so there, nobody did that. Now there's actually the first African-owned company, and they just started making cigars and shipping them over here. They're called like I think Bonboni. I don't want to get it wrong, but I heard great things about them. But anyways, back to my my bullshit. Um, so I bought the Ugandan leaf, and I was smelling it, and t- uh, you know. We make these things called fumas. It's where you roll just that one leaf so you can get that flavor and figure out. And, but, uh, so as far as getting all African tobacco, again, like I said, that's not a thing that everybody was doing. You know, most people were using like, like Cameroon tobacco. And that was really just more the wrapper more often. So it was hard to find the filler stuff. So the cigar ended up being uh, Cameroon and Nicaraguan fillers with a Cameroon binder and then the Ugandan wrapper. And I that leaf is huge. If I thought about it, I probably should have brought one. Like, sure. I think they look cool. I mean, the things like this. Oh, nice. So, yeah. uh, but so I made all this, right? Well, a friend of mine that I met up here was doing missionary work in Africa. And like I said, I named these cigars after like people here. And I was like, if he likes it, I'll, I'll make it his cigar. 
So he was in Togo, Africa. Well, I'm not exactly sure where that's at. But um, anyway, so he's a good friend of mine. And, uh, you know, he's doing missionary work. He's doing God's work. I'm like, you know, I... Yes. So I think, yeah, I think I have a picture on my phone. Um, Y'all are the first people outside of... Like two other people that smoked these so far. Exclusive. This batch is what I should say. Yeah, exclusive. Yes. Yeah, this, yeah, yeah. Is, this is an easy struggle exclusive right here. Um, but anyways, uh, I, I actually, there's a company I order bands from, and so I do the artwork. And he sent me this picture. I got to show it to y'all. He looks, he looks like some sort of white African warlord in this picture. Oh, he does. That's badass. Right? Yeah. Okay, so. Nice. <laughs> so I took, I took the Togolese flag. And okay. put it in the and there's no Togolese tobacco. I don't know that they may, they grow tobacco there at all. But that's that's going to be the band uh, for but, this cigar. <laughs> yeah, it, it looks like a like a like a warlord, right? That's appropriate. But since you know he's doing missionary work, it's called the Peace Lord, right? Okay. But it's okay. The, that's the second name for the box press, which is the the brown this cigars y'all have. I, this is my oh, first okay. time doing a box press. This is a box okay. press. Okay. <laughs> and. Um, so the regular one, so that's it's the so the regular one, the uh, the people there gave him a name in Eve, it's Mawunyo, and it means God is good. So Mawunyo? the regular Mawunyo. Mawunyo. So the regular cigar that's not box press is called the Mawunyo. The, Mawunyo. the box press one is called the Mawunyo Peace Lord. Okay. Nice. So nice. Here we go. Ready? Let's do it. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Easy Struggle Podcast, where we talk about our daily struggles, and you get your weekly eargasms from our lips to your ear hose. As you can hear, we have a guest this week. Hell yeah. How's it going, guest? Will you say your name for everybody? Uh, yeah. My name is Jim. Jim. I feel like we are the guest. Yeah, we're the we're, guest here. We're his guest. For this yeah, one. Yeah. First time. So, this week's going to be a fun one for us. Uh, as we are not in Zaz Studios, since cigars are a big contributor to this show, we smoke them every episode. We thought it would be fun to sit down with the cigar aficionado here in Big Spring, Texas at the train car. Welcome to the cigar episode. This is awesome, guys. Thank thanks you for having me. Hey, thanks, thanks for, for having us. Thanks for having us. So yeah, we're getting these exclusive, in. awesome cigars that he's uh, that he hand rolls himself, as you heard. Yep, I got the green one right here. In my mouth. <laughs> so another funny thing, like I said, I use that I use that green leaf for the short filler cigars, which are essentially the scrap tobacco, not up the floor or nothing like right, that. Right? Yeah, yeah. But uh, so in, in the beginning, when I was trying, I, I didn't know that uh, there's a company called Tatuaje, and I was still really new to like the cigar world, like knowing all the brands and stuff. I didn't know that they had already like a monster line. And so in the beginning, I was kind of wanting to like name my cigars like after like classic monsters, yep. right? And so that. the green ones, since they were the scrap cigars, I was going to call them Zeds for like zombies. Like these are the these are the dead cigars coming back to life because of the scrap <laughs> ah, ones. Nice, like that's nice. But, that's cool. Yeah. Well, so Jim, I was gonna. Uh, so you work here at the train car. 
yeah, more or less. It's, it's like your part-time gig, right? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. How long have you been um, smoking cigars? So you just recently started rolling in the past year. Right. So um, I've been smoking. I've been using tobacco since I was like 13. <laughs> Uh, and I have to say it like that because it's, uh, you know, it was cigarettes, dip, yeah, it's all uh, pipe. Um, I've even, I've even gotten that stuff that you're supposed to put in your nose before. That's, right. that's what they told me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cigars were always like a kind of on and off again thing throughout the years. I didn't really get really into them until like the last couple years, really. I mean, you know, um, I know like for a while there, uh, I had a buddy uh, that I ride bikes with. We we uh, ride over to Hemingway, and because we you know when we grew up there was a place here called Ponchos, and that's where you got your titty mags, your cigars, oh, yeah. and stuff okay. like that, right? Well, that place had been closed forever, so uh, we heard about. Sorry about that. Time to get up. We heard about the yeah. <laughs> we heard about the uh, uh, the Hemingway, and so we would go over there, and we would do like uh, that's when it got a little bit more regular for a while, until like. He finally married his old lady and knocked her up and stuff. Uh, uh, I mean, he's been yeah, like 80 since he was 12. Life happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, so. And back then, I, I pretty much smoked, like, a lot of acid cigars and Cohibas and stuff like that. So I didn't really get into it until the last couple of years or so. Okay. Well, the Hemingway, that's where we come up with the idea for this podcast. It was at the Hemingway. Yeah. Yeah, y'all were saying we, that. We were hanging out, smoking cigars. We figured it would be a good way for him to just talk about what he was going through. Yeah. And that's kind of where we're... Yeah. It's kind of developed where where it's at. And now we're at the train car. And now we're, and we're at the train car. Oh, yeah. So, I was going to ask you, how did you... What, what brought you to start getting, like, fully invest and doing research and learning to love this, this uh, hobby of yours, this very expensive hobby? Yeah. That's, yeah, that's no joke. Um, you know, so what happened is, again, I had a different buddy, and he invited me up here. He kept trying to invite me up here. And so I finally came, and I was trying to smoke the same stuff I had before, And which what I was smoking was acid cigars. If you've ever had acid, you're, you're going to know that most people either love them or hate them. Right. There's not really a middle ground with them. We're just and talking cigars, right? Yes. 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 Acid, acid is a brand of cigars. Okay. Uh, not, a they not have a different chiming for yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. We, don't, we don't come up here and drop acid. <laughs> not no, that acid. Not that one. But uh, anyways, most people don't like it. They don't like the way they smell and stuff. And so my buddy was like, please, come on, try something else. And so I started, you know, trying some other stuff. So I was like, you know, whatever. It's, you know, I need my tobacco. I'll try something else. And then I ended up trying um, a cigar called Benediction by Black Label Trading Co. Right. And that was the one that got me off of, like, flavored cigars and acid cigars. I just, I just loved it. Now, I'm not going to tell you it's the best cigar ever. It's just the one that got me. Okay. And so, since I liked it so much, I was, like, looking into the, into the company, trying to find out about them. And that was the first company where I found out that, you know, a lot of these companies have these amazing stores. Right. So that one, um, that one's owned by James Brown. And no, I don't mean that, the soul man. I was about to say the senior. Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> this, uh, this James Brown is actually a white cat, right? 
Oh, but uh, come on, man. And I really wish I knew, could like think like uh, the whole thing. But basically, him and his wife kind of like traveled the world. Like they ended up living in Africa for a while. And I can't even really remember how he got into cigars. I, I feel like I'm like really letting him down, like like I know him or something. But, <laughs> but uh, he ended up um, uh, starting cigars, and he's uh, he's he's a lot like when you look at him, like it's it's the kind of like person that I was growing up. Like he's really he, he looks like a metal dude, you know. Okay. I and mean, he's got a long beard and stuff. Like he didn't look like some sort of Colombian drug lord with a Cuban hat on. You know, he was more relatable to me is what I'm getting at. Right. <clears throat> but um, anyways, and so I, I so I found out his story, and Brent, the owner of the train car, him and his wife own the train car, uh, he's a phenomenal salesman. I'm like fish in a barrel when it comes to most stuff anyways, but he really is a phenomenal salesman. You know, he really knows the brands he brings in. He, he, he brings in what he likes. Okay. And so... A lot of my beginning knowledge came from him because, you know, I'd be like, oh, dude, I read about the story about these cigars. He's, oh, wait, have you heard the story about this one? And that's what really pulled me in is there's so much tradition and stories to these cigars. Uh, and I know, like, last time y'all were here at the blind, yes. and I was like, you know, at some point I'm going to do some kind of blind yeah. where I get to talk about the Hoya de Nicaragua fa- factory. Right. Which Hoya de Nicaragua basically means like the jewel of Nicaragua. Right. And uh, this factory is the oldest factory in Nicaragua. Uh, they still make some of the same blends that they made when they first opened. So they, they have the oldest blends to ever come out of Nicaragua. And they've been through like civil war and communism, a trade. Em- Not a lot of people know this. Like a lot of people know that we have uh, a trade embargo with Cuba. We used to have one with Nicaragua. Really? Yeah, so you couldn't get Nicaraguan cigars either for a while. Okay. So, but, uh, I mean, and that's the thing. You learn so much, not even just about the history of, like, a family that runs tobacco or whatever, but do y'all know how we got the French to help us in the American Revolution? I don't, but I, I have a feeling Pro- I... Promissory <laughs> notes of tobacco. Promissory notes? We, we, we promised to give them tobacco. We're like, hey, if you come help us kick the shit out of the British, we'll give you a bunch of tobacco. Oh, tobacco, yes. and, they're, and they're like, oh, this, this, yes, we will be there. We, we love the tobacco. <laughs> right? <Pepe> Le so, <laughs> That's fantastic. That's awesome. <laughs> but, so, yeah, I mean. Like, Promissory. We promise to send it to you later. Yeah. So, like, I mean, like, tobacco is one of those original like world mode moving products. Well so from what I've researched is it's like it goes way, way back like Mayans type stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So yeah, it's gotta have something to it. Like, so, it, it, it. Not around that long for no reason. So the one of the articles I was reading, I have the notes right here, that the Mayans would grow it at twenty five hundred BC for medical use. Right. Mm. Okay. I don't know so maybe make throw some someone throw up like oh you sick here take some of this but well you know um well they even use the leaves too right like, oh yeah wounds and stuff so i mean i don't know what they did it for i'm not gonna like say that i did but i can i can tell you like the things i know of tobacco that like it's a stimulant right mm-hmm. so like let's i i'm just i'm just imagining but if somebody's kind of like 
worn down from being sick. Maybe they gave him something to chew on or smoke to kind of like pep him up or something. But I didn't know that. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense, yeah. We talk about the Mayans, right? So uh, archaeologists will find their old cigars. They call them sick cars. I don't, I don't know if they're just fucking with us. The archaeologists like just call them something different. Right. That sounds close. <laughs> yeah. But and, and these early cigars or whatever, they'll find them like with ancient pottery from like you know right. two thousand years ago. So you'll have to look it up on YouTube. I can't remember who did it, but some dude bought one at an auction. Right, like they'll sell them, they'll have like auctions, and these things go for oh my thousands gosh. of dollars. Right? Yeah, you would think they're the most expensive cigar in the world, they're not, but they go for thousands of dollars. And this is the cool thing about tobacco so if your cigars dry out, you can save them. Yeah. And if they get too wet or moldy, you can't. Correct. So, this guy bought this ancient, dried out cigar, <laughs> rehydrated it. Did he go to uh, another he go dimension? To, yeah, I was gonna say, did he give a review on this or anything? Yeah, there's a video on YouTube. And the dude, I'm like, I don't even know what to think about it. I'm like, you spent how much? Like, it would have been like, I figured if you had that kind of money, you would like have it like, you know, oh, there it is on my my glass display. It's like, what's that? Oh, that's my ancient mind cigar. Like some kind of stupid conversation. No, this dude is fucking, he's an animal. He's like, no, I'm going to take this it's historical, smoking. yeah, this archaeological thing, and I'm going to burn it. I'm not going to lie, that's kind of where I would be. That's a gangster Like room. if I had like stupid money like that, that's right. fuck you money. Yes. And I'm going to buy an extra cigar. Like I'm sorry to the people who want to like save it, but I'm going to smoke it. I, yeah, it was, like you never keep the ashes and be like, what are those like, ashes? I'm curious, like, that's, you gone <laughs> that's a whole different like realm. Yeah, <clears> yeah. <throat> pretty cool. So the word the word cigar, what the Mayans called it, it it translates to smoking. Okay, that's what it was. But when cigar started from cigala, no. So like the, whenever so whenever the Spaniards came over and they invaded on this side, right? They were introduced to the tobacco, tobacco and all that, yeah. right? They converted the word cigar to cigarro. Oh, to their cigarro. Yeah. They did a lot of ancient reading on it. No, that's awesome. Like, I'm learning something. Yeah. I like yeah. I wanted to come in half-ass prepared because I know you have a... I knew these guys. I've got a lot, I heard a lot of stories already. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, y'all remember Cheers? Yeah. Cheers? Yeah. I got a buddy. He's always giving me shit. Call me Cliff. He's <laughs> like, we'll, we'll just be talking about something. You know, and uh, like trying to think of something like something stupid, but it's like you know, someone will like oh, this is a kind of well, look, these are fancy forks. I'm like, well, you know, did you know forks come from them? Like, yeah, yeah, I'm that guy. <laughs> yeah, so that's good. Though. I like Random facts. Yeah, you never like know that. when you the might need that information. You, <laughs> you might need that information in a fucking trigger game. Let me tie the random facts to my first time coming to the train car. Okay. So first time I came to the train car, uh, somebody I worked with invited me. And I thought that this was still this, uh, used to be called Beans World. It was like a sandwich cafe place. Really? Yeah. This is a wild. This is, okay. This is like 10 years ago, I guess. Oh, something. wow. Okay. But uh, so I show up here and I'm like, he's like, no, it's a bar. I was like, what? A bar? When did this become a bar? I thought this was some sort of a Christian sandwich shop. Because <laughs> like, yeah. they were, you know. I mean, right, everybody's always right. like, we're Christian. Anyways. So, but he invited me up here because it was uh, a trivia night. Okay. Right? And 
he that's why he invited me is because of my random bullshit knowledge. And believe it or not, there was a question that I got right that nobody else did. This is how useless my knowledge is. The question was, what were uh, the original baseballs covered in? Like, what did they use to make the baseball? I was just scrotum of an animal. Holy shit, man! It's something like it's that. It's a horse scrotum. Horse? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Why do you know that? I read it some. Dude, <laughs> see that's see that's me. I just read shit. But I, I can regurgitate until you said it. Yeah. yeah. Then it hit the archive. Well, that's the thing yeah. is it has to it has to tie into something. But that's why I always sound like Cliff. Like somebody says, I'm like, oh, hey, well, did you know? You said it was useless, but I mean, you you got it right. Nobody yeah. else knew it. We got a point. We, we got, got a point. point. Tie on with movie quotes. <laughs> yeah, movie quotes all day. It's movie movie awesome. quotes and song, yeah, he'll go the song whole, lyrics. He'll go through the whole scene. <laughs> yeah, he does. So you're the movie guy. I'm the movie yeah, yeah. music guy. Yeah. See, I I try to be the movie guy, but I always start off with some quote that nobody ever remembers. <laughs> like, I'll just be like, like somebody will say something and be like, Mado! And they're like, everybody just looks at me and like, you know, Sword of Stone? Cartoon? They're like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> when they were squirrels? How do you not remember that? Amateurs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really awesome. yeah, rookies. <laughs> what do y'all think so far? I think, I think the, the I like first third one. has been pretty yeah. good. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You can definitely tell that it's it's not fully pressed. The the, yeah. the, the draw on it is really heavy, mm. which I don't I don't I don't, I'm not too mad at because I hate when I get a cigar and I can't draw on it at all. Yeah, I'm sitting there trying to stick it. You know, get, I got a pencil. No, no, no. no. This this has got a. I, I think a, you mean the draw's too light. Like, is it really airy? Right. It is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But I prefer that, other than it being so packed that it's. You can't get anything out of it at all. I agree with you on that. I mean, I, I definitely prefer a little bit of a firmer draw. Like, I don't want it to be... Like, I, and I, I'll tell you, if I had any of those cigars left, like my actual very first batch, you it was, they were basically like 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 this paper bag. You were like, just let me open. just squeeze this down. <laughs> and if I get it tight enough, there we go. Like, they were so loose and stuff. I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, so, the box presses, um, like I said, this is my first time doing a box press thing. Yeah. So, it's, it's hugely experimental for me. Um, and I only did a, I only did a 35, I think, in a box press. I did all the rest the regular way that I do them. Um, and I'm actually, I'm waiting on the bands to get here so that I can put them on there. And I'm going to send, I'm going to send my buddy like a little humidor with his cigars in them and that's, stuff like that. So. That's awesome. So yeah, Wish it I sounds had a like cigar. you have this whole setup where you, you're creating bands like logos and getting them made. What what do you have to roll? Like how do you roll these things? Um. Well, so as far as the, like, the whole process, does it take up your whole garage? No, no. Uh, what I do, it looks very white trash. Um, Perfect. Which for those who, those yeah. who can't see me, I'm a half breed. I'm half Mexican, half white. Oh, so, so you're really not the only one. Yes. Hey, yeah. so, so we're, we're, on, we're on the opposite. Yeah, color we're on the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> I got this really brown face, super white name. Hey. Hold on. Listen, this is the most like redneck name. This is on my birth certificate. Okay. This is not my. When I said my name's Jim, it's Jim. It's not short for Jim's. My name on my birth certificate is Jim Bill Walters Jr. 
No. Damn. But, so being a smart ass, I was like, is he Mexican? And I was like, he is. And I was like, yeah. Jim? <laughs> yeah. Dude. Okay. <laughs> whole life, you know, someone comes up with speaks Spanish. I was like, oh, no, bro. I don't speak Spanish very well. I, like, what? <laughs> I, I did that too. Yeah, Wait, yeah. my job don't run up Mars very well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always let them finish. I'm like, yeah, I don't know what you just said. Just but, off. So, so you know, there wasn't there wasn't any like classes or anything for me to like figure out how to roll cigars. So I did you didn't a lot YouTube of, it at I all. I did a lot of YouTube okay. stuff, or what I'm saying. That's something like in person, right? I would go back to my childhood hoodlum days of. The wacky tobacco. Is it a sim- like I'm picturing a similar type of deal, but I have no, 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 it's I cannot. Uh, I cannot roll it's, those left-handed cigarettes, sir. Okay, I, okay. okay. So it's, not, there's no relation at all as far as the process. No, no. no. So, um, so all. especially like so. Okay, let's talk about that. So we'll say rolling cigarettes, but uh, you know, you have your paper and you keep it straight. You know, and you tie yes, it sir. up with something. It, it would be. It's a completely different thing because you lay out your leaf. And you cut it so you remove the, the big center stem, mm-hmm. and then you'll cut the edge on a on a curve, and then you'll cut it again to get rid of the thicker part of the veins that come through. And it's really actually kind of like rolling diagonal. Yeah, is what it is. Like if you haven't watched a video on it, I recommend just watching somebody roll cigars. Yeah, it is fascinating. Oh, cool! Like just... it's still fascinating yeah. to me. Like yeah, y'all are smoking cigars. I roll, but. I am nowhere near the level of, you know, like yeah. real people. But, uh, no, my my thing is <laughs> it's taking over my bedroom. So, like, I've got, like, these big Tupperwares that hold my, like, bags of tobacco leaves, and they're just kind of scattered around my bedroom. And then I sit in front of my fucking TV, this little fucking TV in my bedroom, and I've got one of those, like, uh, you know, those little folding tables. Yep. So you can eat while you watch TV. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fuck. And I have a I have a cutting board that I put on there, and I, I use a real chavetta. Okay, okay. That's what I use for cutting my tobacco and everything. But I sit there, and I'll be watching, you know, something on Hulu or Netflix. And uh, the first day is bunching the cigars, and that's where I take the filler tobacco and the binder, and that's where I start the first part of it, and I put it in its mold. Uh, I'm still kind of like trying to experiment with the best way to do this. Like some, I've seen like I learned that like they used to use uh, newspaper because you can roll it really tight, and that's good yeah. enough. And that's what I do most of the time. I do have like um, an actual cigar mold, but I don't I don't have this huge press, so I literally have to put weights on it. Now I have a a billion hops, okay. So it just so happens that also in my room, I have piles of ingots and bars from where I've melted down aluminum, copper, and, and I've made my own uh, bronze and stuff. So I, uh, when I use that one, I'll put the bunches in there, and then I go and I just start piling on all these metal bricks to try and give it the weight it needs. So, so you're a metallurgist also? I wouldn't go so far as say metallurgist, but like, no, like I, uh, I, I melt down copper and aluminum and stuff. I, I also got into blacksmithing, made some knives and stuff like that. You may be the most interesting man in Big Spring, at least. At I, least. I don't know about that. I don't at know about least. that. We'll give you Big Spring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's, uh, there's a buddy of mine. He uh, He's from Rochester, New York. Okay. And uh, what's funny is, like, the place he's from, he's told me that, like, middle of the day, 
Like, it's like 1 o'clock. People just finished lunch. The gangs will show up to the Walmart parking lot and have a shootout and leave. Which Scheduled? I, yeah, it's, that's, that's what I was getting. I was like, do they plan this? He's like, it looks like it. This is like combat. Yeah. So, like, we go out at the same time and then we get shot at and we fire back. So, One o'clock, Walmart parking lot. <laughs> so I, I, I say that to, I, I say that as a preface. He, I'll tell him some story from my life, and he's always like, "Dude, your life's like a movie." I said, like, "No, no, no, no." But and then this is not a bragging point, okay? But that's not what I'm getting at here. But I have realized that most people haven't had the same sort of uh, what I thought was normal. Is not necessarily normal to most people. Right. Okay. So, like, before the age of. So, I'm going to ask y'all this. Like, we'll start with you. How many fights have you been in before the age of, like, 25? Like, not just fights, moments of violence. Like, I don't know, maybe somebody pulled a gun on you, maybe you got stabbed. Maybe two, three, maybe tops. See, and that's what I'm learning. What about you? I mean, besides, maybe, besides family, like. I would say, like, five. I would say okay. 25 was probably the last time I got into an actual fist fight. Okay. A long time ago. But so, 25, if, if you're already in the military, don't count that stuff. Because that's, that's a game changer, right? So, prior prior, prior to joining the military? So prior to joining, like, how often did you... And a moment of violence, like I said, either you get in a fist fight, you get jumped, stabbed, no, it, Yeah, yeah, it'd probably be a dozen or so. A dozen. Okay, thank you. Thank God. So... <laughs> you're normal. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> He's my normal. Yeah. I'm finding out that like once or twice, maybe five times, that's most people in their life. So I was in, I was in first grade, I think, the first time I had a knife pulled on me. And the first time I had a gun to the back of my head was the age of 14. Which that's a hilarious story. It really Did is. you grow up in Hobbs or something? Yeah. Jesus Christ. I grew up here. I oh, that makes sense six. too. Yeah. So, the kid that pulled a knife on me was because I was drinking from the water fountain. And he's like, Can you hurry up? I was like, I'm thirsty. Just wait a minute. And then he's like, Hurry up. And he's like, he, we're kids. He didn't call me fat fuck, but something along those lines. And I was like, All right. And I went back to drinking my water. And then he pulls out a little fucking pocket knife. He's like, He's like, Get out of the fucking way. He's like, Oh shit. Okay, yeah, man. I mean, I didn't even water that heck. And that, I'll so dehydrate. The, <laughs> you must really want that water. <laughs> Treat my yeah, The gun to the back of my head, the first one, was um, my dad was in the hospital. And he'd come home from work, and he was, like, shaking, like, real bad and stuff like that. And we're like, what's going on? So mom's like, I'm taking him to the hospital. I said, okay. And I'm 14. I'm like, like, fuck this. I don't want to do this bullshit. And so, you know, full disclosure... Uh, I used to smoke it. Uh, anyways, so, uh, yeah, no. Full disclosure, I still do. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of people do. Uh, but, you know, so I go I go to a buddy's house. I'm like, hey, man, uh, I just need to get my mind off of this, blah, blah, blah. He's like, okay, I'll, I'll call somebody. So I'm standing I'm standing in the backyard, like, smoking a cigarette. And uh, then all of a sudden, I feel something in the back of my head. I'm like, that doesn't feel natural. Right? And I'm like, I apparently had enough of the idea to like, let me turn around slowly and put my head. It's, it's kind of automatic if you've never had a gun to the back of your head. But it's you kind know. of you're like, and so what it was is the dude my buddy called didn't know me. And he was like, who the fuck are you? And he was going to find out with Kurt. Yeah. And so <laughs> I was like, 
like these little gang- yeah, these little gangster <laughs> freshmen, right? Anyway, so but no, so like uh, yeah, I mean before uh, before the age of twenty five, I mean probably somewhere between twelve and fifteen stories like that where either I got in a fist fight or I yeah. got jumped or something like that. Which I mean, I'm I can look back. I know I made some bad decisions. So at least I'm gonna say a third of those are probably my fault. Well, <laughs> on that note, like a lot of mine, I, yeah, I do take credit for several, but was chasing my older cousins and my older siblings, like to want to be cool with them, and they're getting into the rowdy shit that they're mm-hmm. old enough to comprehend a little bit better. Still shouldn't be doing it, but I right. definitely <clears throat> didn't need to fucking be there. Right. And, and yeah, just getting involved that way was probably not the best thing to do. I mean. I mean, I'm happy. I'm happy where I'm at in life now. I don't know, but but yeah, I, I apparently have a bunch of stories like that. So my buddy's always like, "Your life should be." I was like, "No, it's not, it's not a movie. It's just I'm just a dude." But that's kind of like on the hobby thing. Like, I, I haven't blacksmithed in a while uh, or melted any metal because I had a steam explosion. I thought so. You know, when you when you put metal, so I was melting aluminum. Aluminum is cool because. Once you melt aluminum, the melted aluminum will melt any aluminum you put in it. Nice. Damn. It's the easiest. I, it's I the didn't, easiest I didn't know to that. melt. But Super convicted. Yeah. You don't put fresh metal into liquid metal unless you make sure there's absolutely no moisture. No moisture. So typically you would take like a torch or something before you put something new in and you would go over it just to okay. make sure it's dried yeah. out. I thought I had done it. I had not. And so I put this chunk of aluminum into the already melting aluminum, and I sit down, and it go, and I, and it, and I see this shit go everywhere. Like, oh my god, did that just? And then I screamed like a little girl that got hit with a baseball bat. And I was like, because <laughs> it hit, it hit me you. on yeah. my stomach, oh, shit. and then rolled down my leg. Oh shit. And so I'm like screaming. I'm pulling off my clothes. It's, by the way, it's like it's like it's like seven or eight o'clock in the morning. So I'm sure my neighbor's like, "What the fuck yeah, is going we're, on? We're this going, guy over we're here." We're going streaky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I pull off all my stuff, and I've got this kind of circular scar on my stomach from where it burned me. And then, I, dude, it got close. I got one scar that's like right there by the right nut. Whoa! I'm like so happy that it hit the leg and not the other. But like, yeah, so it hit and then it rolled down. So I got all these like little drip scars and stuff. The one on my stomach, though, I call it my dirty pepperoni. <laughs> that's kind of what it looks like. And I'm so like, I'll, I'll go up to like a chick or something like, hey, you want some dirty pepperoni? And they're like, what the fuck? And I lift up my shirt. They're like, what the fuck is that? I, I just, you, I don't get that. Yeah, you know what it is. <laughs> you know why. So, I didn't know this about Jim either until I was going to tattoo. He also is a piercer. piercer. Yeah. He also a body piercer. Body piercer. I started that almost 20 years ago. And off and on, I've had like three tattoo apprenticeships over the years. Well, all of which I fucked up myself. I'll just throw myself out there. Um, I'm actually going to start taking volunteers pretty soon. For uh, piercing? For, you, you, know, let in, you let into that really well, then. 
yeah. your three fuck ups. Yeah, yeah. I just want you to know. Yeah. I, I, but, want you, I have failed this many yeah. times. <laughs> but I'll volunteer. Yeah. yeah. So, so, <laughs> I mean, on that and, note. And I'll tell you, like, as far as the apprenticeships, it, it had nothing to do with, like, this isn't me trying to say, like, I'm a great artist. I, I think I'm okay. Um, I'm really into, like, Japanese art, like, traditional Japanese stuff. Okay. Yeah. Draw that crap all the time. But, uh, no, it was always, uh, I mean, as we just talked about, I will admit that at least a third of the violent incidents in my life are my fault. Right, yeah. I, I always had, like, a real big fucking chip on my shoulder, so I'd always get in, a, in an argument with the guy who was apprenticing. Okay. So, I, I had anger issues. I've gotten them, I've gotten them under control, though, lately. So, I, mean, here, I mean, I will sign my body over. For the greater good, mm-hmm. for science. Well, for so, science. So there's one guy, a buddy of mine. He's a tattooist, and so and we've known each other forever. So he's always giving me shit. He's always like, "He's like, we're you gonna give me a tattoo. We're you gonna give me a tattoo." And he wa- he wants this. It's my acorn. It's my, how he's signed my heart. It's a little acorn with crossbones. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> and he's so he, for years. So finally, I was like, "Look, next one." He's like, "And he okay?" Just to let you know, I'm. I don't know how old you are. I'm not that old, but I am not keeping up with slang very well. I so I hate it, but he was like, bet. I was like, don't fucking talk like so that. So he's younger than us. Uh, no. He's... I say bet. He's probably like 37. You say bet. He's how old? He's probably like 37, I think. How old? 36, 37. He might be a little bit younger. That's my age. Yeah, that's your yeah, age. Right? right? Yeah. yeah. We I'm said bet in high school. Bet. See, no. no <laughs> so here's the thing. You were talking about running with, with older dudes, right? Y'all probably heard me say it. I don't know if I've said it before today, but you've heard me say it today. Like, you saying cat, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, 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 yeah. Like that's around, a that's older. That's older. Yeah, around like 17 or 18, I started hanging out with old cats, man. Like, hanging out with like uh, local bikers and stuff like that. Badass. And so like, all these dudes are like older than my dad or older. And so I was like picking up on their stuff and so then I'm like going back to school and I'm like I'd be like talking to somebody like yeah let me turn around this cat man and they're like what and I'm like let me, t- let me tell you about this dude is what that means right yeah and so like luckily the only things that have really stuck uh, the longest are things like cat and every now and then I still say like oh yeah I dig that man okay like, just like really I, I dig so that. I sound really fucking old because, like, when people started this bet thing, like, somebody said to me, they're like, bet, and like, bet what? This yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know? And then, what's what's the other stuff? That, all that bussing? I was yeah. like, what do you I don't know that's, that's a new one. Yeah, yeah, that's a super new one. I don't know what that even I get that from my, my kids. All my that, daughter that, said that to me. I'm like, what the fuck? So, yeah, that was bussing. Yeah, and, like, somebody's like, oh, that's fire. I was like, what? Like it means cool. It's like no, it doesn't. It's fire. That's it's the opposite of cool. Like, what are about, man? Cool means cool. What, what's his face? He didn't ask what's cool and cool and said fire. That, what's the guy's name? Uh, Will I am or whatever. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. But hi, Paula. Hey, Paula. Hey, Paula. Hi, how Paula. are you doing? This looks cool. I know, right? It's a cool setup. Yeah. Who are y'all just talking about? So I'm not like Paula. Yeah, Actually, we were talking, talking about talking about you. Old. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> they were trying to make a joke, and I was being serious. No, you know, like, I, I don't understand this thing. So. Me either. Don't. Okay. No, 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 no. We just hired a new girl, and she said she had to clarify what she actually meant because I didn't understand the word she was saying. That's yeah, man. That's, that's, was, like, was she like, Riz, huh? Riz, R I Z Z. What is What's that? I don't 
fucking know. Ooh. I, I heard you, it. They, they hey, have Riz. I need hey, more hey, can, can you please not cuss? Oh, sorry. I'm just fucking <laughs> with you. <laughs> <laughs> this is a family <laughs> show. <laughs> Someone's ability to flirt and be charming. There you they go. They got Riz. You got Riz. Well, Wait, definitely don't did you that. Charisma. That's what it is. Fuck yes, I did. Charisma. charisma. Oh, you got Riz. Riz. That, oh, now it makes sense. Oh, they took no, 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 no! Don't, 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 don't help these people. <laughs> no. Don't give it to them. I'm trying to help myself. <laughs> Do y'all remember Ratchet? Yes. <sighs> oh, Jesus, that pissed me off so much back then. I thought it's still around, isn't it? I'm sure it is. Someone yeah. still says it. Look, if I still call people cat, there's somebody out there I still like saying cat, Ratchet. Like, cat's cool, like that. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah. making her exit. <laughs> <laughs> Mine, mine's right on. I say right on a lot. Right on. All right, right on. See, but. I don't know, man. I, I'm starting to feel like that, that, like my dad's or older age group. Like, I feel like that dude that's like, get off my lawn. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, like, I, I, I have this, my lines. I have this saying, like, me and a couple buddies will walk in somewhere and one of us will be like, fucking smell bubblegum. And it's like, <laughs> like, where? And that's like our term for like, like, like young, dumb kids. <laughs> I fucking smell bubblegum. I like that. Nice. With the bubblegum wrappers. Yes. Oh. Bubblegum. Oh, I don't think I actually finished talking about the rolling setup. So like I said, I just have that little table and stuff. I'll press things. And then the, then I press them overnight. I think most places in the industry, they do like two presses. It's like 30 minutes at a time. So like I'll press them. And then I'll... I'll I'll get up the next day for like work, or whatever. I'll open them all. I'll rotate them so that they don't have a line on them. Right. And I'll let them press while I go to work, and then I come home and I'll wrap them properly. So, huh. you should definitely look it up. Yes. And how it's done. I've seen it in person by someone who's really like badass at it. Yeah. Just seen them work and just. Oh, dude, there's some fucking stuff. Well, I mean, fast. He's, got stuff that he's got a system we've been watching Netflix. So. Because I, I mean, when I'm watching Netflix, I'm so, watching Netflix. Like, so the cigar plug that I'm going to do, uh, not, it wasn't like planned or whatever. I'm smoking a Warwich. Uh, this is by um, Black Starline Cigars. Okay. The owner's name is Eric Bay, real cool cat. Um, he used to be a firefighter, and I think he had like a, like an injury that put him out of work a little bit. Oh, sure. And he started doing the cigar thing. Anyway, his company's got a, a, a saying called Cigars are an Everyday Affair or something like that, right? And so... I had gotten into rolling cigars and I found this dude and I was like, yeah, you're right. It's an everyday. I was like, this, I'm going to do it, man. So I ordered way too much tobacco. I'm going to roll cigars every day. And so I did it for like a little over a month. So basically I would wake up, roll cigars and something like either make the bunch or finish them, get ready for work, go to work, come home, roll cigars, go to bed, get up, roll cigars, go to work. Come back home from Wolfsburg. This is what a month. And not a super impressive number. I ended up rolling like something over like a hundred and something cigars. That's nothing. Like it like he's talking about. You need to watch these videos. Like these people, like in the factories, will do like two hundred in a day. Holy shit. shit. Yeah. yeah, they're they're knocking out a roll I'm, every so I'm like, minute. So it's like a month later, I'm exhausted. Because I've just been constantly, yeah. instead of like going to bed right away, I've been like staying up and, and I'm like, 
Cigars are not an everyday affair, not for me. <laughs> I can't do this. I can't do this. So, so you actually hand roll them yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, on your press, do you have to season that like you would? Yeah, you're talking I about could, the mold? Yeah, like your molds. I know they have... I've been the told. Cedar. I've been told to find to go to like an antique shop if you can find an old one that's been that's got all the oils and shit. Right, the flavors in it, in it yeah. like a skillet. So um, <laughs> like that cast iron. That's yeah. that's that's completely. That's what I've heard as far as wooden cigar presses. Yeah. Um, getting a wood cigar press that's like new is really hard to do. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of companies make these composite ones, and that's one of the ones I have. I also have this little two cigar mold. It's literally just two pieces of wood that you just you're supposed to bind right. up. But and I don't have a press. I, like I said, I put all the metal bars on top. Um, I don't have that. I want that, but you know, yeah. you would say one one hand. Should the other. Yeah. So. Um, Last time we were here, you, you told us about a day that you had uh, smoked too many cigars. Yeah. Um, it was like a self-challenge or something? Or? No. I, true story. So what it is, I found out the train car opened at 12. <laughs> and I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to go over there. I'm going to smoke cigars all day. Train car opens at 12, closes at midnight, right? It's a 12-hour fair. Yeah, that, yeah. And, uh, well, no, hold on. Uh, Paula was the one working. And I got here at 12 and smoking a cigar. And I'm just going and grabbing one, building a tab up. I don't even care. Like, it was payday recently. I'm like, I'm just going to have a great night. Yes. Smoke cigar. Works. So finally, it's a good it gets, idea until you get to the yeah, Wednesday before payday. It gets to about 8 o'clock at night. And Paula looks at me. She's like, how many cigars have you had? I was like, um, I don't know. I think this is like, like 14. Yeah. And she's like, You've had enough cigars. I was like, oh, okay. She's like, you can go home. I was like, are you kicking me out you over smoking cut, cigars? You got cut off at the cigar bar? She's like, you have smoked way too many cigars. You need to go home. You're going to die. I'm like, I'm not going to die. And, and, you know, cigars are a different ballgame, right? So, like I said, been using tobacco in a billion different forms since I was 13, right? My nicotine resistance and, and needs... It's not the same as somebody who's casually cigar smoking. Right. Like me. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, like, and you don't inhale cigars. You're not supposed to inhale. Yeah. It happens. You're it not hurt. supposed it to. Hurts. It hurts. It does. It does. So, <laughs> I was able to smoke 14 cigars straight because I built up my nicotine resistance and needs over the years. And I didn't get sick or anything, but that's just because, you know, I mean, at one point in time... I, I used to be like a, a four-pack-a-day smoker, you know, and Jesus. Uh, the way I was able to stop that, I, and what, that, what happened, that's when I was working in the oil field, running equipment, because uh, you can smoke, like, in your equipment, you know, it's like, oh, that's great, mm-hmm. but I smoked like four packs a day, I was like, ah, oh, God, I gotta stop this, so I started dipping again, so that I would dip instead of smoke. But at some point in the day, you would find me with a dip and a cigarette. Just well, like, that's how we're usually. I mean, that, yeah, you're dipping and you're smoking. If you're in mm-hmm. the classroom and you can't smoke, you're dipping. Mm-hmm. As soon as you get outside, you cigarette, and then you take the dip out. The, the only thing I constant the cycle, with both ends. constant cycle. You know, I I, I keep trying it. Sorry, guys. Um, but 
I can never really get into vapes. I don't. I mean, I've tasted some nice flavors uh, for nicotine, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. But it's not the same for me. So like, yeah, I, I have a vape that I use like once in a blue moon. Right. That's good to hear from my actual like nicotine, like a guy who nicotine, not the vapes. That's supposed to be the replacement thing, right? That's what they were trying to do. Yeah. Yeah, originally. So, like, the vapes were actually the one of the guys uh, credited for creating vapes is this Chinese dude. The so, Chinese, yeah. Man. Okay. Well, no. So get this. Always making stuff. Diseases so there are so many countries that grow tobacco. Like the cigar industry doesn't even hardly touch them. Like you have like your top five, right? Which is Cuba, Nicaragua, Honduras. Honduras, 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 the Dominican Republic, and then the U.S., right? Okay. These are, like, the five main companies that everybody seems to be using stuff from, right? Like, from the U.S., it's, it's stuff out of the Connecticut River Valley. The country that actually produces the most tobacco is China. But it is and almost exclusively for their cigarette market. Now, at one point in time, they sent some Chinese dudes to the different top five countries to learn about cigars... And they make cigars in China, but you can only get them in China. Not because anybody has like an embargo on them. They're just like, no, they're for our people. So, where do they stingy. grow all this fucking tobacco Have between the big? rice? They, they got a bunch of land. And they like to encroach on a bunch of their neighbors. Oh, okay. Not allegedly. 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 It's what they say. Anyway. But no, so. Well, we don't send Marines worldwide <laughs> four hours for nothing. So, <laughs> so there was this Chinese dude. And he's the one that started working on this on a vape device. Okay. And he's he's one of the, he was I can't remember his name or anything. I'm so terrible with these that's facts. That's all right. But um, he's one. He's basically the guy that invented what led to the jewel. You know. But like yeah, the whole okay. vaping thing really kind of started in China because like the only people that outsmoke me are probably the fucking Chinese. Like they smoke <laughs> cigarettes. Like the baby's born, they put a cigarette in its mouth. Yep. Tell it shut up. You're Shut lucky up. you're alive. Like that kind of thing, you know? Which explains why China wants to control that, that market. Yeah. Oh, Their for people. The, yeah. They control everything their people need. So, I would say this. I used to smoke cigarettes. I was probably... I wasn't... I probably smoked a pack every two days. So, it, it wasn't a heavy, heavy smoker, but I did smoke. How many is in a pack? 20. 20? Oh, damn. Okay, that's still quite a bit, then. So, 10 cigarettes yeah. a day, roughly. Okay. Um... When I I was getting ready to start quitting, I started smoking more cigars, so I could switch the nicotine, right? Uh-huh. Like the the patterns, I guess you could say, trying to trick my body. And I went and bought a vape, and the issue with it is like the vapes that they smoke, it doesn't hit you in the back of the throat like a cigarette no, does. It doesn't, and that that would that's what deterred. Like I didn't want to do it. I was like, I'm not going to waste money on this because <coughs> I'm not getting that feeling that I want. And I haven't seen people with these in a long time, but they used to make these special fucking vapes you would you had to make for the trip you would, yeah you you would you'd mix it and then you would have your charge in there oh yeah and that motherfucker would burn like it was okay My, that is what i would that's what i got so i got a buddy he actually went to chef school by the way uh but he's he's working like as a handyman in the old i'm not the only interesting cat i promise anyways <laughs> you're uh, the most interesting cat. I, I don't know i don't know but uh he's he dude he still has that Right, the big battery pack. Yeah, and he's he's always got this huge fucking bottle of vape. Yeah, to squirt. Squ- yeah. You just squirt it in the top. It doesn't have like the bowl mm-hmm. or whatever. 
he carries with him this like little vape toolbox. That's what my brother. It's got a bunch of little specialty tools, really? replacement yeah. parts for his yeah. vape. Like, no. <laughs> the coils, yeah, you gotta yeah, swap the coils. Yeah. That. So we recently just, I just got back from a camping trip. We're getting over a cold, but we were out camping, and he's one of my buddies that we went camping with. And I didn't know what he was vaping, but he smelled wonderful. I'm like, let me just taste that. He's like, okay, he hands it to me. And I, I just press that button for a second, and I'm like, yeah, here it comes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, those things they put out like small clouds for tropical yeah. rainstorms. He'll, he'll take these yeah. big old draws and let it out, my brother and all. And it, if he's in the trunk or something, like the whole thing just goes white. <laughs> like, dude, you know, talk about hot that was oxen? inside your yeah. nose. <laughs> I'm like, how big are your lungs? Yeah, God. I'm always, I was like, how are you not fucking dead yet? Like, <laughs> I smoke a lot, but you, in one drag. I think you produce my day smoke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, man, because like he said, he doesn't just like. No, he's like. Yeah, man. You and can it's all hear it yeah, crackling, bubbling, and boiling. Yeah, it goes all the way to the bottom. Yeah, God. He's filling up every air pocket he yeah. possibly can. Like, yeah, he goes straight into his veins. It blows my mind. And he's got a similar set where he's constantly filling this deal. Because when we go to the lake, because mm. we're outside all the time, think just going. Oh yeah. I mean, like I said, that's the only thing I, and I don't know, maybe it's because it's not tobacco. Well, right? they do they do it a lot of, around, like, their dad, because he doesn't like cigarettes, the smell of cigarettes. Mm. Well, the vapes, he doesn't mind it, because you can't really, you don't get that after. No, I mean, and sometimes it smells fucking yeah, amazing. Yeah, they smell good, so that doesn't bother him, so he doesn't mind that so cigarettes that he hates. My, my choice of vape was a strawberry waffle <laughs> with whipped cream on it. What the I'm, yeah. just gonna, I'm just going to throw this out there. You sound like you're talking about a drag queen. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen Strawberry Waffle? Yeah. Oh, my God. You throw some You throw some cream on her? <laughs> Where's she at? Is she work here? <laughs> She'll be here later. <laughs> that's, at, that's at nighttime. Jayla listens. <laughs> See, and that, that's what kills me. Is like, like I, I got another buddy. He's, he, he's just a vape to try and quit smoking or whatever. And now he just vapes a shit ton is what happened. Yeah, but uh, he, he does that. He does the one that's like, um, supposed to be like tobacco flavor. And I'm sorry. I have yet to taste a vape that actually tastes like any kind of tobacco. Like it kind of comes close sometimes, but it's not. It's I like diet the, tobacco. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the main thing for me. Like, like, you know, like this, the flavors like strawberry waffle, you know, or whatever. They make some great tasting stuff. They do. But that's not what I want when I want my nicotine. So, right. You know, like like even on like dip, sometimes I, I'll dip a lot of wintergreen, but I'll dip also dip like just straight, just natural or whatever. Okay. I'm not big into the whole like mixed berry or, you yeah, know, I mean, apple or I like no. my tobacco to taste like tobacco, you know? Uh, when I started smoking, I was smoking Paul Mall no filters. Fuck. Oh. Right? <laughs> Listen, again, I say that because I have to go back and go, I'm not that old. I'll be 40 next year, okay? I'm not that old. I'll be 40 next year. I but, turned 40 in a couple of weeks. Yeah, we're not that old. No, but I fuck sound no. fucking ancient. Like yeah, back in the day, I smoked palm on no filters. Yeah. <laughs> so World War Two or what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> His hand always. So I, I smoked those for a couple years or something, and then a buddy gave me a filtered cigarette. It was a Camel White, 
Oh, white? shit. Camel white. Okay. But it had a I haven't filter, seen right? one of those in forever. Oh, they still make them. Do they? Every now and then I'm like, you know what? It's my fucking birthday. Why the fuck not? So he gave me a camel white, and I like this. I'm like, oh, that's fucking smooth. Like, is that because of this filter thing? He's like, I guess. I, I know. <laughs> like, I'm like, these are the smoothest Sounds cigarettes good. on the planet. It's fucking so camel whites. Like, full flavor, not like the lights. The yeah, full flavor. Is, yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, these are like women's cigarettes, you know? <laughs> so, uh, when I was in my early 20s, I met a guy from Germany. He was a foreign exchange student. Ooh. Huh. And I remember, you remember Paul? Yeah, he had, uh, he had them dreads. Yeah, he had dreads. <laughs> but he came back. He's come back to the States a few times after he visits all the people that he met. Um, one of the first times he came back, he came back with some German cigarettes. And and you're still alive today. <laughs> man. So he, pulled, he goes, I want you to understand, there's only one cigarette in Germany that's stronger than this. Oof. And I was like, what is it? He goes, it's the non-filtered. Mm. Right? So it's just So I was like, okay. He goes, take it easy. He's like, just take please it take it easy. I light it up and I go to hit that bitch. I take that first draw and it was like my first cigarette all over again. Oh shit. That motherfucker hit hard. I smoked it. I smoked maybe a third of it. And I was like, I can't do this no Damn. more. So okay. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> so I have a German cigarette store too. So a buddy of mine. His uncle, half his family is in Germany. His uncle came to the U.S. and he saw how cheap Marlboros were here. Because over there, they're like, you know, this is, keep in mind, this is 20, 25 years ago. But like the cigarettes here were like half the cost of the cigarettes in Germany. So he immediately bought like five cartons of Marlboro Reds. <laughs> Smoked one. Carton. No, one cigarette. Oh, one and cigarette. he's like, the fuck are these lights and gave us the rest of the cigarettes because he's like fuck that shit that's how strong German cigarettes are like the Marlboro in Germany it's the same brand it's the same brand okay and so we're like and you know he gave us the card and like how are these like and you know I this is I'm now like 16 17 so I'm no longer some kind of fucking street thug smoking like filterless cigarettes I'm a I'm a civilized man now. I used to. Yeah, 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 some, yeah, some, yeah, some, yeah, some, yeah. But I'm like, how are these fucking? How are these fucking like? And uh, so he gave us. He, he had a pack with him, and so he gave us each one. Same fucking thing, man. Like their cigarette. I don't know if it's the same it's, now. It's Germany. Like they don't have all the mommy stuff that we got to dumb it down here. Their Red Bull, their Coke, everything is strong. Like I still think they use cocaine in their Coca Cola. Probably do, right? Like everything's stronger. Okay, so you mentioned soda. Who likes Fanta? Fanta. Do. Don't you want oh, that yeah. Fanta? See, Red you're Fanta. saying it wrong. Uh-oh. Fanta was created in Nazi Germany. See, because, because the Coca-Cola company would not give Germany the syrup to make Coca-Cola. So their scientists got together and made an orange soda and called it Fanta. So I've been It's not Hispanic at all. I've been supporting what? Nazi Germany. Yeah, me too. See, yeah. And that's the other funny thing on Fanta too, right? <laughs> So, like, in the U.S., we have the orange, the strawberry. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fanta strawberry. In Europe as a whole, they're like, there's a different flavor? They, like, they don't they don't look for Fanta orange. That's what Fanta it's is. Fanta. It's just Fanta, Fanta orange. Is yeah. orange. Right. Yeah. yeah. Then so Mexico like, took it over and added flavors. Yeah. yeah. Mexico was like, yeah. no, no, you is need it some more. not more <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's enough of that. 
It's awesome. I, okay. I, I, I did not know that. Yeah. yeah. Fun fact. Like I, I said, I know so much random shit. It, like, it annoys me sometimes. Like, you'll <laughs> every now and then you'll see me, somebody will say something, like, like, watch him. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> no, just let... I, so I you know. catch yourself? Yeah. Yeah, because I... Man, I, I would just it. let it go, bro. Right? You just let it be. Let it fly. It's just like social media. Listen or don't. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Close your ears. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm not here for you. <laughs> no. This is for my entertainment now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you need another Dr. Pepper or something? Uh, yeah, I'm going to give another one to Dr. Pepper. Yeah, let me get Dr. Pepper. Thanks, sir. I'm really sorry about the coffee, guys. Like I said, I just got over a, a, a really bad cold. No, you're good. We're trying to figure out how to incorporate a cough button on our mics. Oh, Joe okay. Rogan has a really cool one where he pushed it so they can cough because they're usually getting stoned or whatever. Yeah. And block it. Speaking of Joe Rogan, I love that guy, right? So I don't man. know and many I, people who don't. But there's, but there's times I'm like, oh, I fucking hate you, Joe. Right? Oh, yeah. But, like, uh, talking about him smoking, you know, getting high or whatever. Have you seen him smoking cigars? A couple times. So I was watching one day. And I, I usually just watch like like a like a short on YouTube of his, you know. And I'm watching. I'm like, wait a second. I think I know that cigar. <laughs> all like all I can see is the color. Really. And I'm like, I think that's a I think that's a foundation cigar. And so sure enough, he goes, yeah. He's like, we're uh, smoking the the wise man, the Wednesday from foundation. I was like, fuck yeah, I knew it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> okay. Foundation made him a cigar. And so the only way you can get Joe Rogan's cigar, from what I understand, that's made by the cigar companies to be on a show. And like the cigar box like has his like and it's there J-R-E yeah, like yeah. emblem on it and everything. But it's made, it's blended and made for him for by him. that cigar company foundation. What? Oh, shit. Yeah. That just is more incentive to get a cutter. I want to try this one. That's a good cigar. I like it. It's a good cigar. I, thank you. Because I think I'm, I'm finished with the green one. I like the green one. I did. You know, uh, on that, like a lot of people, like like there's some people like, oh, come on, what the hell? Like there's some people, they smoke that thing down. To well, the, I was gonna, that's what I was going to ask etiquette-wise. Here, like, so here's the thing. I always go to my things. fingers start getting warm. So there's two things. Oh, that's way down. All right. The first one is uh, by this guy named Sam. He's the rep, he's the rep for Crux Cigars. Fantastic guy. Um Usually has about 20 friggin' knives on him. I'm not shitting you. This guy's great. But it's 18 more than me. Yeah. <laughs> but like, uh, so his big thing is he always tells people, your money, your mouth. Right? Yeah. That's the most important thing, remember, guys. These are for enjoying you, okay? You're going to smoke it as much as you want to smoke. Period. Yeah. If you want to smoke it down to where you're burning your, your fingers right. and your lips... But I mean, but I mean as as the roller, like but, what well, do you see? No, what would you appreciate seeing? That's what I. That's how I feel. Because I mean, I've taken blunts down to the road. Right. Because the second thing, again, from Sam, like I asked him that when I was really, I was like, "How do you know when you're done?" He's like, "You know," because I'm seeing some people they, I mean, they smoke till they burn themselves. Yeah. I see some people they leave like you know, like an inch or a little bit more, you know, whatever. He goes, "I told you, Sharon, your mouth will tell you when it's done. When you stop enjoying it." You're done with it. Because, you know, as you smoke cigars, you're building up tar and stuff. Right. Like, as far as, like, the actual thing that's going on. And, yeah, the flavor's going to change. It could get bad. If it does, it's your money, your mouth. I think my eyes did it more than anything because I kept staring at the other one. So oh, you one, wanted to try yeah, it? Yeah, I was wanting to get this one, like, get this one down enough to where I could sit yeah. it down and grab that one. And right. I've been there before, too. 
Like the day that I smoked 14 cigars. That's Once great. I got down to about this, I'm like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm ready for the next one. Yeah. So, but no, I mean, you know, the, the whole thing on cigar etiquette, you know, I'll speak on that for a second. I'm not a full on expert or whatever, but, you know, I read and I watch stuff. I, you know, uh, Tim from Cigars Daily. Yeah. He does a podcast and stuff. I, I love I love his content. You know, I'm always like looking at other people's content and reading about reviews and stuff. And the real truth of the matter, I think that there's definitely those people that they're doing it because it's that you know luxury lifestyle. Right. I'm not saying they don't enjoy the cigars, but they're tied up in this whole. Oh no! If you're going to light a cigar, you need to get a cedar spill and paint the cigar with tequila. And, and let it dry a little bit, and then, then take a different cedar spill because you don't want to contaminate the oh, smoke. That's master level. Right? No, that what that is is pretentious shit, in my oh, opinion. Right. But if that's how you enjoy it, then by all means, do it. Like you have to like iterate to something like that. Like I would, like I would definitely start with something that's simple and easy yeah, to I mean, understand and get a grasp on before that, I got to the elaborate. And that's that's what I get there. Like the whole point is enjoying it, right? Yes. Enjoy how you enjoy it. Like the Circassians from Davidoff of London. They know all the cigar etiquettes and stuff like that, but none of that stuff makes the cigar taste better. I mean, the cedar spill maybe. Sometimes it gives that little extra cedar flavor in the first third of your cigar, and it's nice. But beyond that, I mean, the dudes in the fields, this is what they have. They have a a big, like a big lighter and their thumbnail. That's their cutter. They just kind of wiggle the cap off, and they just light it. And... I was like, it's kind of hard, by the way, to light with just like a big light, depending on how big it is. Right. I was like, you know what? Challenge accepted. I, if I'm rolling cigars, I want to be like these cats. I want to want to do everything they do. I want to see it from their side. That's you know, I'm just trying to like, you know, get in the yeah, the, 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 cult, the culture of it. Exactly. Yeah. So I've got so many torches. I've got all these true estate ones. I've got different brands, Partagas. Got really fancy ones. I got kind of a tabletop. I don't even think this is a name brand big right now. Like, it's like, I just have a lighter. And it's in a little case that my mom got me when she went to Hawaii. Oh, that's a but, best case. But, like, this is what I'm using to light my $15 cigar with. It's <laughs> probably a 90 cent lighter. That's gangster. And, yeah. <laughs> like, honestly, like, you know, they talk about, like, toasting the foot and stuff like that. I'm all for that. If I have a torch, I'll toast my foot because yeah. it kind of warms up the tobacco and opens up the flavor a little bit. So, I mean, there's some little subtle things that can happen from all of these, like, techniques or cigar etiquette. But, you know, I, I quote Sam all the time because, uh, for one, I, I just like that cat. He's great to hang out with. He was here not too long ago, wasn't he? Yes, yes, he, he was. Um, and if you get a chance to meet him, he's a great guy. Um, he's not, like, stuck up or anything. He's, yeah. He's fucking hilarious. Um, but, uh, that, that, that whole saying, your money, your mouth, you know, and I just, I just agree with that completely as far as cigar to get. I like that for the name of this episode. Your money, your mouth. Your money, your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so married, we went to the Warfighter cigar place? Yes. Ooh, and toured, so I did buy me a, a, a side click, clear tank, dual jet. <laughs> yeah. He had a whole badass description that made me repeat, yeah. the guy who yeah. sold me this. But I bought one for the cigar, the torch lighter deal. Nice. Because it says Warfighter on it. You know, a a good lighter is great. 
like 100%. Um, a good cutter is great to have, you know. I forget my cutter more often than not. I don't, and I've got some. I've got some like that. Yeah. I've got some. I have the, the fancy little cigar scissors from he's, Sycar. He's got one that does like a slit. Mm-hmm. I yeah. like that one. I got a V cut on my keychain uh, that I take everywhere with me, so I always have that. What's that other one? I used to have a punch on it, yeah, but punch. I lost that one somewhere. So that was this, this was going to be yeah. one of the, the <laughs> topics that I was going to bring up with the different types of cutters and maybe something that or what everyone prefers. Mm. Yeah, but like yeah. You, do you have a favorite cut that you like, or is there? Uh, honestly, I, I would say for a, like the majority of my cigars, I really do like a V cut. Okay, like a nice deep V cut. It gives yeah. you a lot of surface area pull. I like. That. There's only a there's a handful of cigars that a punch just is really nice if yeah. it's big enough. Like I don't like a little bitty punch hole because no, it builds up tar size. pretty quickly. Um, yeah, I, I'd say actually a V cut, a V cut or a knife. Well, I like that. So it makes teeth. sense to me now. Like you said, more surface area with the V cut. Okay. Yeah. The physics is talking to me now. That makes sense. That's, I'm down to the gear. Yeah, yeah. That's the engineering here. <laughs> what about you? Uh, I I prefer a V cut. Um, that's usually what I use. Most of the time, nice. uh, yeah, just yeah. like just like that, just like that one. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'd go with a V cut probably ninety five percent of the time. Um, box press, I usually use a punch on a box press. Yeah, um, just that, it's easier for me to do that well, that way. Yeah, that's that's my thing. If they have like a flat head, yeah, I, I like a punch. A punch, yeah. But I mean, V cuts. It's probably and, where it's at, right? Well, you know, and then if you want to get. Like, like I said, it's a case unit, some Davidoff. You can take a V-cut. You can make a crown cut with a V-cut. I have multiple V-cuts. And I try that, but it's hey, you need, it, it, The so next hard. time you tell me about that, you need to say it with the accent. I, yeah. I try to do that, but it doesn't turn out very well. No, yeah. I, I, I'm like, listen. That's why I was like, the level of, like, pretentiousness. But if that's your if that's your, if that's your jam, man, you know, if, if that's how you enjoy your stuff, then do it. That's, that's what I love about these. I don't think there's a wrong way. Yeah. Except Zippo fluid. Zippo what? If we're using a Zippo, like with the Zippo fluid. Oh, yeah. Because oh, it yeah, will change the, taste. Change the yeah. taste on a it. A Zippo? Yeah, because yeah, the it's fluid. fluid. Okay. The way it burns. Okay. Well, because yeah. I had the Zippo, but I didn't use it. You can get a, you can get a torch and surf board. Yeah. I have one in my backpack. It's a yeah. Zippo torch and... Yeah. I have huh. the... So you can use butane and doesn't... Yeah. You still get your taste in your Zippo. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Arnold, Arnold lied to us while we were growing up. Always pull out that fucking zip. Yeah. Lying yeah. to us. <laughs> Get to the chopper. <laughs> Who are you? So I think I always go with the V cut style. Um, on a whim, for a round cigar like a road cigar, I like to take a match backwards and I punch a star into it. So a bunch of tiny punches. Okay. But you have to do it in a star fashion because that way you have equal punches everywhere. Okay. And then you pull that. I absolutely love doing that. I, I'm going to try that. It's what that's awesome. Of, do you do a five point star? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Does he look Jewish? I'm, I'm <laughs> questioning. I mean, Maybe. the wrong Maybe. kind of star. You might be sucking in some demons or something. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Give it right side. <laughs> I just think about the Cowboys when I do it. Just. Oh, that, no! That makes perfect sense. Yeah. There we go. There we go. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to try it. That sounds yeah. interesting. It's, I don't. <laughs> I did it. Like I said, I, I did it one time on a whim. I was like, "Fuck." 
I don't, have nothing, I don't have nothing else but matches. <laughs> so I started I'll just punched them all out. And I, I, out. I, yeah, I really like that. That's nice. How are you? I'm, I'm just learning, but I like that he's got a V-cut at the house that I like to use for that like that reason. And so I like to stick my tongue in there a little bit. And then the, they got a, a big punch mm. that's like my pinky size. I like to use that on when they give me the big cigars. I like okay. to use that one. This, I like you say big cigars. Like, like uh, so we we have we like had, this one's pretty good size, but they they gave me one now. We have big cigars now. I gave him a uh, this one would have been good for a punch because it, it's so I bought like one that was an ogre called an ogre uh-huh. that I gave him, yeah. and I think it was still sitting in his little humidor for a Yeah, that thing. Yeah. Yes, look at that thing. So we don't sell those here, but we do sell um some of that brand. Yeah, here. we just got their big cigars in. Not too long ago. Um, Have you smoked that? So how do you get two colors? So that that's called like a barber bowl. Right. And what it is, you, you lay out two leaves when you wrap it. So that as you, and so that kind of helps you see now like how it's wrapped. It's yep. like diagonal. So like as you wrap it, it's supposed to show. I've tried. Witchcraft and fuckery, gentlemen. I do not know how <laughs> they get it so perfect. Because I'll end up Witchcraft having like I'll end up having like like this solid color here and then like half a stripe and I, I, I this is beyond my level. But no, you're talking about big cigars. I'm like yeah, yeah. this isn't their biggest one. The, like this company's. This so is it, they make a nine by ninety. So that's nine inches long with a ninety ring gauge. It's that's like a that. lot of circumference. Like so, now this company, these like huge cigars. That's yeah. a sta- that's a th- these are their regular sizes. There's some companies that will make like really big, ridiculous cigars. Yeah, but they're like a once a year thing, like a gag almost. Yeah, yeah. These guys are like, no, we w- we want to open your mouth. Yeah, we want to see how much mouth. we can stick in your yeah. mouth. Yeah, consistent. Uh, are you a fan of the egg? Have you had an egg? I actually have two at the house. Okay. I have not smoked it. Okay. Um, the egg. That's a that's a great one to bring up too. Speaking of, so the egg is by La Ten, which originally the company is called Natural. Okay. It's a line from Drew Estate. They have since canceled La Ten, except for the egg. Okay. That's the only one they're still making. And I'm I'm pretty sure he. Had, have you seen the egg? Yes, I have. Yeah. Have you seen it? Yeah. Okay. So the Marine Corps ball was the only time before this that I would smoke cigars mm-hmm. three times in three years. Mm-hmm. I mean, one year, the guy guys buys the cigars, he got me an egg one. Oh, so you smoke one? Kind of, yeah. Cut, yeah. <laughs> so, Waiting for you to explode. I didn't know what to expect. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't, I mean, I couldn't finish that one. It was yeah, I, that's, so part of the reason I haven't smoked one is I'm like, I'll save it to have someone smoke it. Right. You know, and I, I do like the Instagram thing, th- thing sometimes, you know, I'll take pictures of my cigars like as I'm smoking or maybe yeah. a little video of this cigar. Yeah. So I've been like saving them for when I'm going to have somebody smoke one with me. But, the, but that's the problem. Once they see it, they're like, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't yeah. know about that. It's because it's a pretty ridiculous cigar. But yeah, that's the only one from uh, Drew Estate's Lauder 10 that they, that they still make. Okay. So. Yeah, I, I haven't had one. I think I could sit and smoke we sit through one. We still have one for sale if you want. It's I the mean, Maduro, too. I mean, might, might as well, right? Now. <laughs> and then the other one that I've had, one I have had is the the twisted ones where they're, Ooh, there's three like, of them twisted together. 
Yeah. A cool oh, that sounds cool. Yes. So yeah, yeah, it's crazy looking. Did you did you try and smoke all three at once? No. Okay. I, that's what I was gonna ask. Is that because I've seen a video where this dude he had all three lit, and I was like, I don't think that's how you're supposed to do no. that. But so cool story on the Culebra, right? This is it's not like an official like nobody knows for sure if this is how it came to be, but um, so when you work at a cigar factory, um, most of them you're allowed to take home one cigar. Like, you're allowed to smoke so many during the day, but you're allowed to take one home. Okay. Well, a lot of these people that work in the factories, they come from uh, multi-family homes. You know, like, grandpa, grandma, yeah. you know, brother, Several generations, yeah. So, you know, they, 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 they're going home from the factory, and they got, like, three people at the house that want a cigar. So, they came, so supposedly the idea is that they came up with this thing where they would wrap the three together. No, no, it's one cigar. Ah. And they're like, oh... Okay, right. and they go home and they split it up with the family. There you go. I don't know if that's true, but I love that. That story. makes yeah. sense. Yeah, it fits in there as well. You do what you got to do. Yeah, and then what do they say? Invention is the uh, necessity is the mother of all invention. Yeah, necessity. There you go. Had to figure out how to get three home. <laughs> I'll tell you what. That is the kindest way to put. I don't think it's necessity. I think it is. Um, it is uh, more like, uh, what's, how, how was I going to say it? Um, basically, not, not necessarily necessity, but uh, usually disaster. It's the mother of all invention. Yeah. You know, fair. you're not going to come up with a cure for something if someone's not dying from it. You know? Yeah. Or right. you're not going to come up with a way to, to get more food unless people are starving. Yeah, yeah. I think that, that, I think that was some really... Rich white dude's way of trying to sound nice. Make it sound good. Yeah, yeah. he was making it sound good. So you well, talk. I mean, there, there's something to it, though, because I mean, conflict, like you know, this causes a lot of uh, perspective changes early on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So you talked about the five big tobaccos, right? Mm. Um, what do you prefer to smoke? So, What's your favorite? Favorite tobacco? Because mm. um, I, I know when we had the the, the blind, what was it? That it was a, mm. was it a Connecticut Nicaraguan? Yeah, because it was something that oh, it was no, thrown. No. It was a it was, it was a, a Connecticut Habano. Habano, right. that's what yeah. it was. Yeah. So this is a really great question because I'm sure that everybody has their own opinion, right? And then you know when you come to like. The dudes, they're like the sommeliers for cigars. They can pick things out. You know, I'm sure they've got answers like, well, I do love Nicaraguan tobacco, but only from the Ometepe Valley. You know, like, it's like, I, I generally like Nicaraguan. I right. mean, it's usually the more fuller flavor. It's usually the one that has, like, spicy notes. Right. As I've grown to, to learn more about the stuff, I've learned that spicy is actually probably more about the Esteli Valley. Esteli region of Nicaragua, because uh, like the Jalapa region tends to be a little bit sweeter. Okay, but you know, I I really love Nicaraguan tobacco. Like ninety percent of the cigars I make will at least have uh, Nicaraguan Lajero. So Lajero is so I have to explain this. So you have the different layers of leaves on a tobacco plant, and Lajero is actually the second highest leaf. On the tobacco plant, okay. so it gets the most sun, okay. and that's where you get a lot of your strength from. 
the nicotine and everything's from like Lajero. Technically, there's another leaf on top. People don't usually talk about it, but it's called the Corona, or the crown. And they're really small leaves, but like those things are probably like just straight nicotine. I don't know. Nobody really uses those in the cigar industry. Mainly because they're so small, you know. When you, you like, you know, a premium cigar has long fillers, so that's going to be one complete leaf that's going the length of the cigar. Right. Now, yeah, when you're making it, you're going to be tearing off some from the top and bottom, and you'll backfill to try and make sure. So there's little pieces in there as well. But generally speaking, you have a bunch of full long leaves in there. And those leaves are, I mean, literally, they're like that long. Like, I, I say that, you can't see. It, two and a half to three inches, depending on the plant. They're not very long, so. Uh, but, uh, like I said, uh, like 90% of the cigars I make, which I don't make them for money, I make them for this, to hand out to people and stuff like that. And just for my own, like, learning and stuff, like, I, you know, I, you like the witchcraft and puffery caps on cigars. They look so, like, you know, it's just so round. And, yeah. I don't know how they I have watched them. I have rewound YouTube videos, <laughs> like, show me again. It's really tough. I mean, there's a lot of art, uh, artistry and, and, and craftsmanship because of a, a premium handheld cigar. Right. But yeah, uh, Nicaragua is probably my favorite. My second is kind of... It's not in the top five. So, like, it's what I call the top five. It's Cameroon tobacco. Uh, there's a lot of cigars that use Cameroon leaf for a wrapper. Right. And that stuff, like, can feel like leather, like old leather in your hands. And it's really flavorful, um, but there's only a few cigars with it that I actually like. There, so. there is one that's a Cameroon in there. Um, well, I mean, what y'all are smoking has Cameroon in it, right. uh, but no, yeah, we've got plenty of cigars to have Cameroon. Yeah. Uh, most people, when they think Cameroon, they're going to think Arturo Fuente. That's what I was thinking about. And okay. that's because the Fuente family like owns most of the tobacco farms in Cameroon. Okay. Uh, in Africa. So, like, and that's another thing, too. You can have... Cameroon tobacco from Africa, but there's also some farms that have taken the Cameroon seed and they'll grow it in other countries. Yeah. So it's similar, but it's different. Yeah. Well, and that, that brings you like the whole flavor thing. So one time we had an HVC uh, event where the, the owner of HVC Rainier came. He's a, a Cuban native and he moved to the States and started this uh you know his cigar company it's really great to talk to him um which if if i can ever get like a rep to sit down with y'all if y'all want i mean i a lot of these guys are great to talk to like just as, as people but i was you know i was asking him like i was like right here like really like what is it you think that makes the tobacco he's like it's the soil 100 percent. you know so i can i can understand that you know the Connecticut River Valley. That's not just the state of Connecticut, but that's a that's a a, a valley that has a river. Yeah. You know? So it's not a volcanic valley. Like uh, you'll notice a lot of the the countries where you get the tobacco, they're growing it in volcanic regions. Okay. Like Hawaii grows tobacco. No idea what it tastes like because the only Hawaiian tobacco I've had is like acid cigars. They've just infused it with so much stuff. I don't know what Hawaiian tobacco tastes like. I bet it tastes great, though, because, again, volcanic soil is supposed to be the best thing for, like, everything, coffee, tobacco, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, but, yeah, he was saying that it's really the soil. So, and th- that's why I said, you know, you get Cameroon tobacco from Africa and then Cameroon seed grown somewhere else. 
Well, the same thing happens with Connecticut seed. There's seeds from the Connecticut River Valley, but sometimes they grow in other countries. Uh, Ecuador is a is a real popular Connecticut seed producer. Okay. And so Connecticut stuff is so it's 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 that's what kind of throws some people. People think Connecticut, they think a light wrapper like this one. Right. And that's because Connecticut seeds usually grown with like cheesecloth over the field to give it shade so it doesn't get too much aggressive sunlight. Okay. Where in Ecuador, they don't do that because they have so much natural cloud coverage, it's like it's got the cheesecloth. Oh, shit. That's crazy. Yeah. So. Oh. The more you know. The more you know. (laughs) So that's the benefits of looking at things on like a global scale, right? Right. in oh. the world where the best things are, right? Like, yeah. I think the beef industry is going to go to Brazil at some point. If right. go globally. Yeah. It's for the climate. Yeah, I tell you what, like, like you know, it's it starts with tobacco. Like, yeah. that, you know, kind of back towards the beginning what we were talking about, like, you know, what got me into stuff. It starts with tobacco. But the cultures involved with tobacco, the stories, the history, like I said, the American Revolution, it, it as much as nobody wants to admit or like the French we needed them during the American Revolution and we got their help with tobacco like I said but it starts with tobacco but it goes so much further I mean uh, like the Nicaraguan embargo that I was talking about the whole of the Nicaragua factory so the president of Nicaragua uh, about the same time that Nixon was president he him and Nixon actually went to like a university together so he got invited to the White House. And after dinner, Nixon offered him cigars. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll take a cigar. Well, so they bring out the cigars. And I'm guessing that their president thought Nixon was going to bring out Cubans. Because, you know, the Cuban embargo was already in place. But, but you know, that was just kind of like the thing, right? Uh, and he gets a cigar. He looks at it. And he's like, this is from my country? He didn't even know about it. So he comes back after this White House dinner and seizes control of the Hoya de Nicaragua factory. Dude, for the that's... government. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, there's <laughs> like, there's <laughs> politics involved with tobacco as well, you know, um, which eventually there was like a, a civil war. I think during that time frame is when the U.S. put an embargo because the civil war is against that president. And like I said, that president went to school with Nixon. So it's like, oh, you're gonna, you're gonna fight my buddy. Yeah. Right. I'm not buying your cigar. <laughs> um, but uh, cronies, man. Yeah. So I mean, l- luckily they lifted that embargo uh, at some point, you know. But um, you know, and, and that's another thing too. Uh, how politics come into play with tobacco again? You know, for the longest time, if you got cigars worldwide, it was Cuban. Well, when Fidel started up his shit, you know, communism sounds great to poor people. Well, the tobacco farmers weren't the poor people because they were part of, like, this world industry. So they started leaving Cuba. So in my mind, I'm wondering, like, if, if Cuba hadn't gone communist, would we have great Nicaraguan, Dominican, Costa Rica, all these other countries... All these factories that were started were started by people who left Cuba. I think it would have taken longer. It would have taken, yeah. Because yeah. there would have been more, be more apprentices leaving Cuba to go other places. To try than, their own Than shit. the ones that are already educated 
forced to leave. Yeah. Right. Which, and if you've ever had a Cuban cigar, um, they're, they tend to be more on the mild side. Okay. So if you, if you look at like the, uh, the heritage or legacy companies, like companies like Cohiba, Monte Cristo, Romeo y Julieta, these were actually names of Cuban cigar companies. And those people just took the name with them. Okay. Right. Um, but those cigars tend to be more mild. Um, that they, the complexity of the flavor profile is definitely a lot tamer than say something like this over, you know. Um, but that those cigars will give you at least some idea of what Cuban cigars are like, which is they're more mild. They're um, I, I hate to say more tame. But, I mean, all these companies, there's... I haven't found a company that doesn't have at least one cigar I liked. Okay. You know, like, uh, I gave you that Perdomo. I'm not a huge Perdomo fan, but that's that's actually one of their better cigars. That's one of the ones a lot of people like. But it's, it's also mild. It's a good, it's a good smoke. But it's got, it's got some, some decent flavor going on, too. Okay. So I thought, you know, for a beginner, that's, that's a great one. Yeah, I appreciate that. But, you know, I mean... You know, that, like that's like, like I said, like in the beginning, you know, it starts with tobacco, but you know, the stories and, um, I mean, dude, there's even love stories. I mean, that that's what sold me whenever we came to that blind test was how in depth you were with the background of. It was the it was the black lab, right? Yeah, yeah, and that that got me. I was like, what? We're, we're talking on the way home about, man, we need to get this guy on here. I'm, I'm glad y'all asked me. Did, did y'all tell him about the Black Lab? Uh, so, the backstory of it? Yeah. Uh-huh. No, no, no. So, did not. let me do it because I, I love this one. Yeah, it's a good story. I like so, it too. So, there's a cigar called Headley Grange uh, Black Lab. And it's a great cigar. Yeah, well, it was a really good cigar. And um, so, the company, the idea was they wanted to make a cigar that was like the drums for When the Levee Breaks by Led Zeppelin. Okay. That is that's the whole idea behind it. Is and if you can't, it was remember, going to be like a drum. It was going to be smoking the way the drums felt, and that was their original goal. Okay. Which you know, if you if you listen to those drums, they kind of like pulse in and out. Yep. You know, especially in the beginning. You know, like when you hear when the levee breaks, even if you're not a Led Zeppelin fan, you're like, I, I think I know this song. It's an amazing song. Anyways, yeah. So that's what the cigar was blended for, and Headley Grange is the name of the house that Led Zeppelin recorded when the levee breaks in. And Black Lab is a reference to this black dog that was always run, running around the property. Oh, it's a black Labrador. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which is funny because, <clears throat> so this is like in England or whatever, you know, and they have the whole, like the Hounds of Baskerville, they have like all these black dog legends too, where it's like some sort of like monster or hellhound, which just another weird tie-in. You know, Led Zeppelin's one of the, one of the, one of the influences they, they talked about was like American blues, and American blues has a huge tie-in with like the devil, like selling your soul to Crossroads. Right. Yes. So it's like all this stuff that happened led to this cigar that's supposed to be like you're smoking that song. It's a great cigar. I like. It. It's a good cigar. Does it does it, it, it really mimic is. the drums? I, I don't know. I don't that's know a, that was going to be my question. Yeah. I mean, I, I yeah, I could see that because. The flavor profile kind of went in and out when when you were smoking it. So, yeah. like, I mean, hell, that was almost over a month ago. But I mean, you could tell 
certain certain aspects would come in and out, and you'd catch a lot of it there towards the last third of the cigar too. So it was yeah, it was like, really good. I, I liked it. I find it really cool that like dr- the drums would inspire a cigar. Oh, dude, yeah. I mean, that's, like that's really cool. That's what I'm saying, man. Like, I like to think that there's a cigar for everybody, right? Like, it, no, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna get on the bandwagon or of, you know, like. Uh, Cigars are okay. They're healthy. That's what I'm trying to say. But, like, there's so many stories. There's so many thoughts behind a blending process. Like, uh, Quesada had this thing called the keg. And it looks like a little wooden barrel. And it comes with cigars in it. Well, cigars were blended specifically to go with stout beers. Right? Okay. And then they had a holiday version that wasn't just specifically designed to go with beers. It was one beer in particular. This cigar was blended to go with that. And I can't remember what the beer is. But so that's that's what I'm getting at. You know, when you get into, um, like, some of the limited editions, or even some of, like, the standard lines that some of these companies put out, there's there's more to... There's, there's obviously other businesses. But you really can see how much they put their heart into stuff. Yeah. Um, are you, let's see the best way. So I was always told when I first started smoking cigars, it was, if you like, I, so you brought up the, the beer. Um, mm. I was told if you like a light beer to go with a lighter shade cigar and if you like darker beer to go with a darker shade leaf, is that... Yeah, so, is that a, a true thing, or is that just something so, someone told me just to... No, no, no. There's a lot of truth to that. I, I usually use coffee as a reference, because I found that coffee works a little bit better. Because, like, if somebody's like, ah, you know, I'm new to cigars, I want to try something. My first question is, do you like coffee? And then yes. if they say yes, I'm like, okay. How do you like coffee? I swear it's not herpes. No. <laughs> but, uh... Piece of the back of the throat. And then Strong, I go, a little tan, I'm like, sweet. How do you like your coffee? Do you like cream and sugar? A little bit. Black, you know, whatever. So, okay, what we'll, we'll do we so do? You like coffee? Yeah, yeah. How do you like your coffee? Strong, a little bit, a little bit cream, a little bit sugar. A little sugar, okay. So, you like, you like full flavor? Yes. But you don't mind some sweetness? Yes. So, right off the bat, if I went with like a, a more uh, flavored cigar, I'd say the Tabacco Negro. If you wanted something a bit more traditional, I would actually probably point you towards the Neanderthal by Robocraft. I, I like the name of that one, to be honest yeah. with you. So, <laughs> but I, I find that judging off of coffee works. Okay. You know, because if you like black coffee, you like strong flavors. What was that first one you said? Uh, Tabac Negro. Tabac makes good ass cigars, too. Yeah, they do. They do. Um, like, so. I found that it works a little bit better than beer because if you're somebody who likes sweet stuff, that doesn't always mean it's not like you want a cherry beer, right? Right. right? Beer is a kind of different thing, right? Um, but coffee, like first off, if you don't like coffee, then I I know for a fact I'm not going to point you towards anything strong, right? In flavor, because if you don't like coffee, I mean, I mean there's a, there's not to something s- wrong with you. Not to stereotype, but is there many people that don't drink coffee that smoke cigars? You know, I, I don't so, drink coffee. Oh, you don't at all. No, is that a is that a matrix thing though? That no, that's just because I don't like. Uh, I'm not a big coffee guy, but I like 
okay. polar flavored. Well, then that answers but, the question. But I wouldn't have started you off with like something from Black Label Trading Company. No, because they, I, they I really, have some cigars that'll knock your dick in the dirt. I really like oh, I the Black Label Trading Company. I bought so I my, my, my kids are in Abilene, <laughs> so I go to that to the Leaf there, yeah. and they've got a big selection of a lot of stuff that I can't find at the Hemingway or yeah, no some yeah. stuff here, and it, it's nice and. That guy, I can't remember what his name is, but he he's pretty helpful there whenever I go in there. Was it Brian? Big dude, beard. Beard, kind of like has like a... Yeah. Yeah, that's Brian. Yeah. Little full uh, hunk. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. That's, that's Brian. That's Brian. Right. I like how you described that. Well, like, you know... Well, he, he, if, you, if you know, you know. Yeah, he, <laughs> yeah, no. he comes down to this area all the time is what he told me. So. Yeah, he does. He comes down here. So okay. we actually, a few of us got together to go visit him. Yeah. And we went to, to their place. Nice. So, and that's another thing too is like community. So, I love cigars. I don't enjoy smoking them on my own as much, like because this is what I love about. This cigars. is the only time I do smoke cigars. You know, you Unless get a bunch of guys together, you bullshit, or you know, you got a buddy going through a hard time. You hand him a cigar. You smoke a cigar. You take your time. You know, cigars are not like cigarettes because you don't just smoke one and then throw it away. Yeah, you're not just getting through the high. Yeah. I mean, and there's a part of me would love to just smoke cigars all day, um, but I can't. Uh, time, you know, it's a time. It's a time crunch more than anything. Or, or like there's you said, a part you know, of your body that does not want you. Yeah. Well, or like you said, you know, you're in a building where you can't smoke. Yeah. And, you know, life gets in the way. But um, but that whole community thing, like, yeah. As soon as you said who was helpful, like, and I've been up there and stuff. I'm not saying anything bad about anybody up there. They're all great guys. Yeah. But it sounded like Brian. So it's got to be right. And they, they do. They have stuff that we don't have. Uh, that They have a, a big walk-in humidor. Yeah, if you do. haven't been there, I don't know if you yeah. have you got to go. But I've seen the humidor. Walk, yeah. A big, in, a big walk-in huge. humidor is just, it's fun. Yeah. You're just, there's no doors. You're just walking around. There's just cigars everywhere. It's, it's phenomenal. Um, and they do, they have, especially because of that space, they're, they're able to like carry everything from a brand. Like, they have the space for it. We don't really have that space in there. Like, everything that's in there, I've got, we've got tons of cigars that yeah. aren't on the shelves. Because we don't have room for them. And so, I do this thing where I try and, like, rotate stuff out. Like, once once this cigar sells out, instead of restocking it all, bring out something else from that line. Or Sounds like, like we need another train coming. Oh, dude. Yeah. All <laughs> right. That would be it, it. would be awesome if we could like if this could have been like a whole humidor and it ended up itself. That'd have been awesome. But the lounge, the thing I love about it is it's like the biggest public secret. We don't hide that we have this. Yeah. But most people go sit out in the patio and stuff. You know, we'll have like live bands. Obviously, you're going to be out there. But most people, most of the most time, people come to the door, they open it, like look in, like. Well, there's nobody in here. But they're looking for the bar. And then they're like, they go up there. And then we'll always be like, hey, you've been to the lab? Well, I mean, I opened the door. I didn't know what that was for. I didn't yeah. want to. Well, we hung out. It, it is wedding. We were in here all day. Exclusive in here, right? Yeah. It, yeah. It's, we had this to ourselves all day for his wedding. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like the, the most, it's like the best secret, yeah. not secret, you know, that we have. And then, like, uh, this guy right here, unfortunately, he passed away. Um. That doesn't move because this is where he sat. Okay. So, like, awesome. This is where the lounge actually, I feel, is where you get some more of like 
like the train cars history. Like, you know, like the pharmacists up there, the, those ladies were working at the VA as pharmacists. You know, at the we're, VA? We're planning on, yeah, at the VA. Uh, we're planning on adding more pictures of some of like the customers and stuff, the regulars and things like that. You know, and all, all these boxes, this guy right here, not, not just these boxes, but some of the signs. Uh, he's a real good friend of Brent's, and they put boxes up. He's, Brent's like, I think about like hanging boxes on the wall. He's like, let's do it. That was that was this guy's thing. He's always like, well, don't don't hesitate. And so he brought a bunch of cigar boxes too. Like, come on, let's, let's fucking do this. Yeah, let's put it up. So, um, I really like I the lounge. I try and do like my own little events in here to try and get people to use it more. Hey, but you know, like I said, people sit out there, so they kind of miss it or whatever. But yeah. Because the patio itself, the outside area, uh-huh. it's, a, it's really relaxing and it's a cool vibe by itself. Exactly. That that's And that's the whole point. Like, so, it, it is a bar and cigar lounge. I think for being in Big Spring, it has to be a bar. It, that we have to have the bar at the park. And because if it was just a traditional cigar lounge, like most of those places are kind of like a BYOB thing. Right. I mean, it's one less license they have to buy, basically. But, you know, so, I mean, I've been sober for a little bit over five years now, and... Oh, nice. I'm 103 days in. That is badass, brother. That really is. Like, trust me, this is my, like, seventh attempt or something. Oh, it, you know? I mean, that's reassuring. Yeah. Right. You know, the, the truth is, you know... I, I Okay, well, one of the things I liked when I did go to AA was they told me that the only person who could tell me I was an alcoholic was me. That's one of the things they tell me. Yep. I'm not going to get into that too much, but that is something I did take with me. So, I'm an alcoholic forever. Just because I've been sober for five years doesn't right. mean I'm not. Right. And I keep that in my mind to help keep me sober. That's right. But, um, you know, I mean, you, you fall. Uh, if if I hadn't screwed up five years ago, I'd actually have a lot closer to eight years. So I got oh, so you, you had know, a pretty good stint. Yeah, yeah I had a pretty good stint. stint the last time before this one. Okay. Um, first time I went in AA, I was I, I was twenty, not court ordered. I was like, I think I have a problem, and uh, I celebrated my twenty first birthday alone at a bar, drinking a Dr Pepper. And I was like, oh, I'm such a fag. Right? I think I, I think I relapsed because I felt so ridiculous. I was like, no, I'm 21. I'm going to go to the bar now. Right? Yeah. I was like, I'm going to drink Dr. Pepper, though. Right? And the bartender was, he, I knew him really well. He's like, I was like, yeah, it's my birthday. He's like, oh, well, what's, what beer do you want? Dr. Pepper. And he's like, yeah, you got it. Okay. I'm in AA. Okay, this is probably not where you want to be. Dude, I was like, no, no, no. Here. It's my twenty-first birthday. This is where I'm I can be. finally be in here legally. Uh, so, but um, just to, like if you fall, don't, don't, don't kill yourself over it. Don't beat yourself up. It happens. I mean, like I said, this is like my seventh or eighth attempt. Notice my terminology. I'm not saying what's going to work for somebody else. This go around and last go around. I kind of made it a point to not make it a point about what day I stopped. Because in my mind, it was always, ah, two days, three days. And it's kind of like watching the clock for work for me. It was making it seem, yeah, for me, you know, I think everything's fine what works for them. If AA works, 
God bless you. I'm not a big fan of it. Yeah. If it does, then it, it helps you. If there's something else you find, great. If it's an app on your phone, because, you know, they have an app for everything, fine. For me, it was like, I'm not going to focus on the, on the day. I'm just going to make it. I'm just going to make it, you know? So, I, anyways, I say all that to go, yes, I, I realize it's a bar. I don't drink or anything anymore. Um, I used to drink a lot. And I, I'm kind of obsessive in general. So I got really into scotches, whiskeys, bourbons. Like I can tell, I can show you how to change your whiskey seven different ways with two ingredients, and the ingredients are water and ice. Huh. It will literally change the flavor. Which is the same ingredient, just different states. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, even, it's technically one ingredient, but um, anyways, I, I don't think that it would work here without the bar. Just because I don't think the cigar community here is big enough right. to support a lounge. Right, that's a good point. So, but but you know, kind of going back to like you were talking about, like uh, something about like uh, you know who who doesn't drink coffee that smokes cigars or something like that. Right. So we have a lot of people that are here that will come here like because it's a bar that's real chill, or they'll come for like you know uh, live music night or something like that. Yeah, and they'll be like, you know, I'm gonna try something. You know, and I'm like, cool. Oh, they're just on a whim. Yeah, they, okay. uh, so a lot of people try it on a whim because, you know. They're here, we, the environment. They're here, the environment. We have these really beautiful uh, humanoid displays. It, it's enticing. So I like I like that it is, and you say bar. To me, it's, it's more of a lounge. Yeah. Just because the bars we go to are a little more divish and rowdier. Yeah. In some like, cases. Like uh, Riley's. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we're not allowed in there in certain circumstances. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, like you do welcome the non-cigar smokers, and so you might gain some new yeah. cigar. Absolutely, I mean, in the future. Some guys like to come up here, you know, and you get all types here. I don't know if it, I don't think it would, if it was just a cigar lounge, I think we would see less of a variety. Well, people would yeah be more hesitant to just yeah. come in here. That's right. all. It well, I think that's kind of why I have like. I mean, I'm not gonna. I don't want to bash them. I, that's my one of my problems with like the Hemingway is more. It's very white it's collar. More, it's more upscale. I like that you added the word color. Uh, it's more upscale for me. <laughs> Where the outlaws are Versus, you know, coming back to like this place or even the leaf when I go there. It's more. Bro, by the way, you're welcome. Okay. I used to go to the Hemingway, like I said, like 15 years ago. Yeah. You were adding color to the place. Dude, when yeah. I walked in back then, like everybody there would just look at me. Right. Like I would Cigars try. would stop. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, like, no, no, it's, so, it's just that weird, awkward moment where everyone just turns at the door and watches well, you walk in. Well, like, I, I realized, like, I realized, like, you know, after the first time, like, oh, they probably heard us below. Because it would be, like, me and my buddies on bikes. Nice. And my buddy's got this fat boy. It was his dad's before him. He bought it from his dad. And, dude, the he, he had to change the pipes. Pipes finally got burnt out. I was so <laughs> afraid it was going to change the sound. Because it was just, it was fucking metal, dude. Yeah. It was just fucking cool. It's like a 95 fat oh, boy or something. Anyways, so like I realized it kind of quickly, but because like we walked in and everybody's like, so yeah, like 15 years ago, yeah, a bunch of young dudes coming in and like, you know, we got backward hats and uh, I, I can't grow a beard like that, <laughs> but I'd be all bratty looking and. I'd be covered in dirt because we were behind an 18 wheeler or some shit, you know? And we'd come in and they'd all be like, and it's just a bunch of, you know, not even trying to make it a race thing, but it was like a bunch of like business white dudes. Old like, white yeah, dudes. Old, old white, white dudes. dudes. Yeah. yeah, old white dudes. And like, 
So like, I remember one time though, I I I, I smoked pipes too, uh, tobacco. Oh, I bought a calabash, that big, you know. It is the smoothest smoke you will ever have in your life because the smoke actually gets to cool down as it goes uh, through. Yeah. Super smooth. Anyways, I bought one of those. So I walk in and I'm wearing I'm wearing a leather vest and it, and it looks like a club vest. It was a Black Label Society. Okay. I had all their patches on and stuff. And I walked in and kind of looked around and I sat down in one of their chairs like a crossing and he's kind of looking at me. And I pulled out this big ass pipe and I'm like, He's like, he just starts laughing, you know, but that so, did not fit the stereotype. Yeah, I was not expecting yeah. that. It's like, you're breaking down walls. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, I mean, like, I mean, like I said, the and, and that's like, you know, 15 years ago, the cigar community then it has probably tripled in yeah. the last even when five there years. is younger yeah. kids there. We show up in our cuts and bikes, and I mean, we get looks, but. That's it. Like it's yeah. not a constant. It's not a. And they're not the service come out and talk to them. Yeah, yeah it's nice. It's cool. And, and the Hemingway's got a few cute, cute chicks yeah, over there too. They got so, a lot of cute. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, they do. but like no, I mean it, it has changed a lot. Uh, I, I I like to give credit where it's due. I, I think a lot of it does have to do with Jonathan Drew from Drew Estates. Um, his story is pretty phenomenal. He's from Brooklyn, and he was actually making cigars in Brooklyn. Like I don't know too much about that era. But eventually, he moved to Nicaragua, like, bought this little hut of a house. And he was over there in the Esteli area. He ended up hooking up with Hoya de Nicaragua, and he launched his cigars, Acid Cigars. You were like, what are we talking about here? It's a brand of cigar. Listen, you will love them or hate them. There is no middle ground. The, cig- the Acid ones? Yeah, yeah that, that, that okay. line of cigars. Is well, Zach's just a big Drew Estates guy, right? Yeah. Yeah, I like Drew Estates. I- I'm not a big acid guy, but I like. I, I guess I've seen an acid one. Yeah, so they're more flavor. They're flavored cigars. So Jonathan Drew's around our age. I, I I can't remember how old he is, but he's in his like 40s, maybe early 50s. And I don't the dude think. just moved to Nicaragua. What well, he did this when, himself in all this? Yeah, when he was like 30 something. Okay. Right. And so their whole their main thing is like this urban thing, right? Like. They have this thing called Under the Bridge, like it's an Under the Brooklyn Bridge. Okay. You know, they, cool. they do like, like yeah. look behind you, see that acid sign right there? Like a lot of graffiti style stuff. Oh, I like that. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, like, like uh, I think it was last year or the year before, they had uh, Drew State's Under the Bridge event featuring Wu-Tang Clan. I was like, Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing. I was like, who the fuck's listening to Wu-Tang Clan? You have to be... And I was like, oh shit, I'm getting old. <laughs> and um, VR age, the woo. Yeah. So like, you know, ghost face killer. But anyways, uh, so like that's like that was Jonathan Drew's thing because he grew up in Brooklyn. Okay. And I think that his attitude and his brand style helped bring in young guys. Because like I remember reading an article. Like I was just smoking. Like I said, throughout the years, I'd smoke a cigar with a friend or whatever. It wasn't a big deal. But the other thing is, and or no, their logo for acid cigars is like a dude on a crotch rock. Right? So one of my riding buddies is like, hey, have you heard about this dude named Jonathan Drew? Because he saw him in a, he was in, he ended up having an article in a magazine motorcycle. Like, uh, ended up having an article in a magazine, a motorcycle magazine. So I read it, it's like, there's, there's this dude like our age, and he's making cigars, and he's making waves in the industry. So obviously, we went out and looked for acid cigars. Right. Try it. 
and they are nothing like what you smoke. I just She's want to really know we're officially open, so if people do come in here, I'm sorry. Oh, no, you're all right. They can join. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep, come on. Yeah. That's what it's about. Bat? That means Except that's what it's about. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's total pot. Yeah, no more new words. No bat. I don't know what that is. What's that? Oh. <laughs> we can make something up. <laughs> but, so, so Jonathan Drew, like, I, I think he was a big part of it. Uh, Rocky Patel... Uh, definitely another big part of it. Yeah. He worked for a lot of the legacy companies. And his company is kind of like, to me, it fits that sort of middle ground between like legacy and full-on boutique brands. Which boutique's the term they use. I'm kind of preferring the term tailor. Right. But uh, boutique companies are typically smaller. You usually, very little chance you've even heard of them unless they've been around for at least five years. Because it takes a while to make it into yeah, the yeah. industry. But I think, so without acid cigars, you wouldn't have all the other Drew Estate stuff. Right. All the other stuff came after, I mean, we're talking like top of the line premium cigars to uh, super cheap budget cigars, like little bucks Okay. But all that came from acid. And all that came from this white dude who loves the Wu-Tang Clan <laughs> that moved from Brooklyn down to Nicaragua. You know, that's it's, my kind of guy right there. It, right, it's, it's yeah, yeah. Cool, I mean, like, that's the thing. Like, so many cool stories. Like, it, it can be overwhelming. But that's, I mean, you know, that's that's part of the whole thing. Like, I love the cigars. I love the flavor. I love smoking. I love tobacco. But then you get all these backstories, you know, the, the way they started. Or, man, there's even a cigar in there that's all about how this dude married the cigar company owner's daughter but they have to hide it from him to this day. So when they're in country, they will not stand next to each other, nothing. But when they're out of country, they're like holding hands and being a married couple. And it's called it's La Duena. That's the name of the cigar. <laughs> he blended it for her because of this whole secret love thing that they're hiding from his dad, nice. for her dad. Modern day Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. I hope he smokes it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a bad cigar. Not my favorite, but it's not a bad cigar. So, but like I said, it, it can get overwhelming. But I mean, I mean, it, it's like I mean, think about that. Like, you know, I think a lot of a lot of my interest probably come, comes from COVID too. Like, you know, when everything shut down, you know, like a lot of people turned to YouTube or podcasts really started popping. Like, there was yep. a shit ton. No, for sure. Um, you know, people had to do stuff and read or something because they couldn't just go out and bullshit. And I think that, because that's definitely where my hobby started getting ridiculous. That's when I started I mean, smoking more was during COVID. Yeah. The, yeah I was homeless. Uh, the cigar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. None of the cigar shops in Nebraska <laughs> shut down. So they're just like, come in. All yeah. right. So I was like. Might as well spend my money somewhere. So the train car did shut down for COVID. Yeah. But that led to our online store. Oh, nice. Now, our online sales are not huge. I'd like for them to grow. I just don't know how you do it. Because, like, there's laws on, like, advertising for tobacco and stuff oh, like that. Oh, I wouldn't know anything Yeah, because you don't want to be advertising to kids. Yeah. Subliminal messages. Well, you know, listen, man, I, I get it. Like, I mean, I haven't... I'll meet people that have smoked as early as I have, but 
they've definitely done something because I've run into so many people of legal age to drink that have never had a cigarette, never vaped, or or blacked out from drinking. What? Like you should have done that in eighth grade. Yeah, don't wait until you're older. Yeah. yeah. And there's like shit on the line. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, like it's the the newer the younger generations I I mean I kinda hate to give credit to it, but like they've actually done a good job. Like there's a lot of people that I meet that you know, like I said, they've never smoked a cigarette. Um, we'll take credit for that though. We've shown a great yeah. example well, of what not to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm not, I don't want to give credit to like, the government. I mean, it is our generation, you know? It's like the other day. I caught my nephew cussing, right? He's, he's like in first or second grade. I'm not good at numbers. He's a little kid, right? Yeah. And he's playing some, some stupid game on his phone with his friend. Yeah, I have a first and third grade. And I'm getting ready for work, and then I hear, what the fuck? And I'm like, huh. No. He didn't just custom. He that's a level five customer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. And, he used, and he used it correctly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, no. And then I'm walking past, and I hear, I ain't no punk son of a bitch. I was oh, like, okay. I walked in and like, turn that off. He's like, I was like, you do not talk like this now. You do not talk like that in this house. You understand me? I was like, I'm not gonna tell your mom this time. When I catch you doing it again, I'm taking your phone. Taking you home because he likes to come over, stay with Wella. Yeah, right? oh yeah, yeah. But I'm like, I'm taking you home. I'm gonna tell your mom, and she's gonna punish you. You yep. understand me? Yeah, yeah, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. I'm walking out, saying, "This motherfucker, he's cussing in my fucking house." That's what I tell my kids: like, know your your situation, know your environment. Well, not like, just I don't that. mind you cussing your buddies out in the middle of nowhere. Well, not just that. Like, you know, you're talking like, you know, you pointed on like perspective and yeah, like your perspective changed by your life experience, but I don't. I don't say like, oh, it just happened to me. Like, no, a lot of these things are because of decisions I made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, whatever we are That's as men, will we I, think, I think it's across the board. We always want, you know, our younger generation, whether it be our kids, our nephews, our nieces, we want them to be better than us. You know? Yeah, move the start. Line. Like, I'm not saying don't cuss. When you get older, I mean, I don't... Emphasize appropriately. I don't, I don't usually cuss from my anger. You know, it's, it's usually like the, what the fuck? Yeah. Like a surprise yeah. thing. But, like, you know, I mean, I, I it's kind of hard to I explain this. Intent. Thank you. I don't like to focus on words. It's the intent. Exactly. Because you can't replace so, fuck with fudge. It's still the same intent. Yes, exactly. It, like, I'm, I'm going to fudge you up. I'm still going to whoop your ass, dude. My si- Whether my I say sister, fuck or not. My yeah. sister, she does that. I will bless your heart. I said, don't you talk that to me. So it, <laughs> you put that on me. Cuss at me. Cuss at me. I mean, it's something he says all the time. Situation and train dictate. So that's kind of where that learning. Yeah, no winning. Where no winning. Where you overcome. Yeah, improvise, adapt, and overcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They like my acronyms. <laughs> He's got an acronym for everything. Oh, yeah. dude. Like getting moto, right? Oh, I'm, oh. I got to. I'm a gung ho marine. I got a word for it and everything. Supermoto. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 it's like I said, I wasn't in the military. I have a lot of friends. Got my little brother. A lot of respect for military dudes. It's one of the things I wish I had done, like for sure. Because, uh, I mean, I love guns. We need more tolerance of us. <laughs> we need more what? <laughs> more tolerance. Of, of us, of the veterans, and oh. like, well, we respect. Yeah, can tolerate. So, yeah. <laughs> have you have you seen Generation Kill? It's an so. HBO miniseries. Uh-uh. Listen, it's about your beloved boy. 
It is the realest show about Marines, a military in general, that I have ever seen. Nice. Right? So uh, this guy I knew, he was a Marine. I was like, hey, did you ever see Generation Kill? He's like, yeah. Sergeant Major came in a minute, shut that shit off. And we're like, why? And we were like, why? He's like, this shit's too real. I don't like it. So, like, it starts off. And there's these two Marines, right? They're talking. And one of them's, like, just taking a leak out in the middle of fucking nowhere. Right? And it, it, he's the uh, racially ambiguous person. Like, there's, they, they make jokes about it throughout the show. But, like, they're standing there. He's just standing there pissed at the racially ambiguous dude. He's like, and, like, looking over, like, these blown up tanks and stuff. And he's like, I man's got to rule the world, dog. Just how it is. Right? <laughs> and, and that's how the show, like, starts, like, episode nice. one. Um, I don't want to give too much of it away, but being somebody who, like, like hang, hung around a lot of military dudes and vets, I was like, oh my God, they're not, they're not pulling any punches. Like, there's going to be people that are pissed. Like, yeah, fuck it, I'll tell this part, because it's fucking hilarious. But one of the guys, one of the main characters, he's opening letters, you know, from like elementary kids, writing yeah, to them. Yeah, the and he's like, and he's like, he pulls it, dear Mr. Army guy, army. And then he like, he, he like dictates, he's like, He's like, write this down. We'll send a letter back to little Frankie. Dear Frankie, I am not an army fag. I am a god. All right. He's like, I am a man-killing machine, marine, blah, blah, blah. goes on this whole thing. Right? <laughs> but they're looking at all these letters, and they pull out this one, and it's a girl. And she's got, like, pigtails. And one of them is like, ugh. I a mile of her shit. You see where it came from? It's like, holy fuck. Like, <laughs> like, like so... Yep. I know for a fact, uh, you know, law enforcement, military, like all of these warrior professions, when you're just with those people, there's no filters. That's right. And and the it's humor, primal. The hu- yes, primal and the humor gets dark or twisted and hilarious, like oh, like yeah. that. You know, like there's a whole. Uh, I mean, you gotta watch the show. I'm going to, uh, especially being in the ring. I would love later to hear what your opinion is. Because okay. every Marine I've talked to is like, no, that's pretty fucking spot on. Nice. Especially Sergeant Major Sixta. I love that dude. <laughs> he's just, he's, he's, that, he's that sergeant that's always yelling. He's got one volume yep. for starters. The, yeah, go. And, the, you know, and just everything. Every, sergeant Patrick! Hello, yo! Hello, yo! Hello, yo! What the fuck, yo! Looking like a bunch of Elvises! Police that mustache! Right? It's just, he's fucking hilarious. You've got to watch it. Generation Kill. It was a miniseries on HBO. It came out early 2000s. But I think you can still, like, watch it on their on their okay. streaming service. If you can't, and you find the DVD set somewhere or something it. like that, I guarantee it's worth buying. Nice. So. Yeah. But, I will check that out. You're going through Coke's, like, your water. Mm-hmm. There's only one season? Uh... What's yes. a miniseries? Yeah, miniseries. Yeah. So th- there's been some good... There's a documentary called Restrepo, and they use actual footage. It's pretty good. And they show the guys that did the combat camera, because um, I was a machine gunner. Uh, oh. So we had combat camera and the dogs with us occasionally, and they were recording stuff that they were told to, and it was all edited. Well, a bunch of these combat camera guys, they're off 
there's stuff that was edited out behind the scenes or whatever. Mm. They kept it. We'll put it out years later. Um, and I think they finally got it cleared. And it's behind the scenes. So some of that vulgar stuff, like the dark humor, the sitting. Well, when we do have downtime. Like, so in that show, one of the guys plays himself. So it's it's not like it's, it's so the the show is um, a reporter from Rolling Stones got embedded with Marine uh, Recon. Yep. And so they were the first dudes in Iraq. Okay. And this this uh, Rolling Stones reporter, which that's a whole scene in and of itself. They're like, hey, we got this reporter. He's going to be with us guys. Reporter, huh? Well, from what? Rolling Stone. They're like, ah, like liberal trash. They're all pissed off. <laughs> and he's like, what? It could be worse. I used to write for Hustler. They're like, what? You vote for Hustler? <laughs> Clear out a cot for him. Get the shit out of the way. Right? And like, it's, it, you know, it's, like I said, if, if you hung around, like I wasn't in the military. I, I really do wish I had I, the camaraderie. Like when I see two vets walk up to each other, yes. you know, some of them, like especially like chiefs in the Navy. If a chief sees another chief, he's like, hey, you're a chief. Come to my house. You got a bed anytime you want. Come fuck my daughter, right? Like, <laughs> they have this. They have this. This connection. And yeah, that's do. what I'm really jealous about. Obviously, a lot of vets have that connection, and it was hard. You know, as far as like what y'all might have done. Right. Well, one of the things that that has helped me in, I guess, my recovery is finding the similar type group or mentality here. Like, right, with my brothers now. My oh, family. I have. So it, I get a very similar vibe. With, with the guys that ride with me. Well, that's good, man. So, I'm glad. But it is the camaraderie that kind of keeps yeah. you together. I mean, and so I had a sister, you know, but I always wanted to have brothers and stuff. And So, I mean, now I have brothers. They're not by blood, but they're my, right. family. Absolutely. They're my family. Absolutely. So, but, so, so yeah, the, the whole thing is based on, like, real life. It, I mean, obviously, it's been Hollywooded up a little bit. But uh, one of the guys plays himself. That's pretty awesome. And... Uh, at the end of it, they have like an interview where they have all the real guys come and talk and stuff like that. And like one of the characters, the actor they got for him, I'm like, damn, they did pretty good. They look a lot off them. They nice. look a lot alike. It's just the, that Gen X kills? Uh, Generation kills. Generation kills. So that sounds a lot like. Have you ever watched Band of Brothers? Yes. It sounds a lot like that, right? Oh, where they have the. It's nowhere near as noble. <laughs> <laughs> it's two different generations. Mm. So, have you ever watched Band of Brothers? It's fucking. It's really good. It, you know, it is, and you know, it's a World War Two generation. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those cats. It, it, it follows uh, Army, uh, Easy, uh, Easy Company. Yeah. Airborne. Yeah. So it follows those guys. Uh, well, it tells their story during World War II and what they were going through. And then at the beginning of every episode, the guys who are still alive, like, they're giving, like, brief talks about shit they went through. Oh, that's badass. Yeah. And, like, so my family's kind of old. My grandfather on my dad's side, he was a staff sergeant for artillery, World War II. Okay. Um, so I heard some of his stuff a little bit, and I saw some similarities. And, like, of course, like, like, watching these dudes on that show, you know, they do a really good job of, uh, it feels legitimate to that generation. Right. The way Generation Kill feels legitimate to yours, or ours, so to yeah. speak. Yeah. I mean, it's it, how it fits It's a really good show, okay. man. It's a really good show. I, didn't it win, like, Oscars or Emmys or some shit? What? That Band of Brothers? I think so. Yeah. No, it's really good. It's a good one. It was actually, like, it's, it was actually, like, something we would watch all the time, and then... I think Band of Brothers was on HBO. I think that's how we found Generation Kill. 
honestly. Oh, okay. Nice. So, yeah, we recommend it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's on that. It's on the HBO Max. It's on there? Yeah. Yeah, I looked it up. I think we have it. Oh, man. Just get the free free subscription to watch them. Yeah, do the trial. Do it for 30 days. I can watch that show every fucking day. I got my cousin's subscription, so I got it for free. (laughs) (laughs) Like, dude, let me borrow your HBO Max, because I think that was when, uh, oh, what show was it? There's a show that came, oh, uh, Game of Thrones, the Mm -hmm. spinoff. Oh, uh, House of Dragons. House of Dragons was okay. Let's so, touch on Game of Thrones real quick. Uh, I was a D and D nerd as well in school, right? And every, when Game of Thrones came out, there was like, you gotta watch the show. It's enough of it. And I refused, so I never saw a single episode till the whole thing was done. Let Same me tell you what, that was the best way to watch that show. I don't know how I wouldn't have been able to stand the whole cliffhanger bullshit. I can't That's a do good it. show. All the shows I've seen now, I got yeah, they're from start to finish, and yeah. I do it in like a week. Dude, he just binge the I'll fuck binge out of it. it. Yeah. So you've all seen Game of Thrones then? Yeah. 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 Okay. Recently, yeah, I saw it like yeah, last yeah. year. Two I saw years it. Ago. I saw it in twenty twenty. I I hate Jason Momoa because his life's too fucking perfect. Okay. Oh yeah. Dude, the the dude's first bike was like a knucklehead when he was like a teenager. This bastard's first bike was a. The nu- a knucklehead's my dream bike. <laughs> yeah, there you like, go. I, I, I've been working on this design where it looks like uh, like a sacred heart, you know, with fire and the thorn. Oh, yeah. Right. But it's a knucklehead motor with fire coming out of the cars uh-huh. and, like, chains going around instead of the thorns. I've been working so hard on making it look right for years. Like, no, and I'm like, you just had it. Fuck you, Jason. <laughs> hey, so I would say you this. Suck. That sounds like a fucking cool-ass drawing, so you can finish it up. I would then, love that. Yeah, you need to I, yeah, a tattoo then, on it. Yeah. If uh, I ever finish it up, <laughs> I will. I will be happy to show it. It's it's really hard to get. The like, thing about it, you're trying to get a motor to look like a heart. That's also supposed to be like a Catholic symbol. It's like like I, every time I start drawing it or working on it, I'm like I'm a fucking moron. This is way too complicated. Yeah. But yeah. So, but I, I finally finished my back piece design. It's like a Japanese version of Michael the Archangel defeating Satan. Nice. And that took me... Is it like a samurai? So, yes, but not like samurai armor. It's like just the, the diaper, basically. So, you know, because I'm trying to mix the two elements. And then he's got wings, and he's got a big Japanese spear, and it's going into a dragon's mouth. So kind of like the... Um, I want to say like the painting from like 1600s of like Michael defeating Satan. Mm-hmm. So this is an old school painting where... Michael's standing on top of a dragon with no wings. It's really interesting. So, because the wings is typically, like, Europe. But this medieval painting, no wings on the dragon. Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. So, see that? But, yeah, it's taken me, like, a year and a half, like, drawing, redrawing that design to, to get my back piece. So. so, I feel like if you can draw something that... that Badass, you must be pretty good at it. Then. You just need to translate I, that to yeah, no, skin. They, yeah, there's definitely a translation. I mean, I, I've done tattoos in the past and stuff, and I have a lot of respect for it. Well, when I started, like I said, it was like almost, I was like 21, 20, I'm 39, so that's like 19 years ago. Like I said, almost 20 years ago. Um, the guy I learned, the first guy I learned from, stressed about bloodborne pathogens, which is. Basically, the floor is lava. If something falls on the floor, it's contaminated. Right. right. You know, 
he was very big on being sanitary and you know bleach for mopping the floors and just and he actually taught me how to build a coil machine how to repair them he taught me how to make needles he even taught me how to make a power supply that you plug your machine into like from scratch when we went to radio shack there's another age thing there we went to yeah. radio shack What's all these random spare parts and put together a power supply for a tattoo machine. That's cool. Yeah. So I mean, like, so that's how I learned this stuff. Of course, nowadays they got these rotary machines that look like giant sharpies and stuff, and the, the pins. Yeah, and they're wireless, and yeah. Like I remember, I I uh, texted a buddy. I was like, "Hey, man, I found one of my old machines. Do you know if anybody wants to buy one? I mean, I'll no, seventy five bucks. You know." He's like, well, "Let me see. It. Let me see it." So I sent him a picture. He's like, we don't use those anymore. I was like, what? Absolutely. What do you mean you don't use these anymore? Technology. He's like, come by the shop. <laughs> so I go by the shop. I'm like, what? I got my machine. Like, he's fucking me. Like, no, no, really. Somebody want to buy? And everybody's like, we don't we don't use those machines anymore. I like, what the fuck do you use? And they show me these wireless rotary. I was like, what the fuck is this witchcraft? Oh, yeah. You know? Like, we had this huge dot matrix printer. You, you all remember those? Yeah. yeah. They had the little pins. Perfect for making huge stencils for like back pieces, and we were so proud of that thing. The thing's like, you know, four foot tall and a thousand pounds. They have this little thing, and you can like wirelessly send from your computer to this thing, and it'll print out your stencil. Man, no, we're so spoiled, guys. Yeah, <laughs> witchcraft and fuckery right there. Like, yeah, <laughs> and like, like when I was an apprentice. One of the things we would do is we would do the stencil for the tattoo artists we're working for by hand. We have like a pen and we're tracing out the design and pushing hard on it to make sure that the stencil transfers to the paper. So they, wait, wireless? Yeah. So. Not no mo. No, yeah. Things are, are pretty crazy now. Is, it, is Ezekiel okay? He looked a little. Hell? Yeah. He might be. He it might, might have been too much for him. It it might, yeah. Well, I do put a lot of the hair in my stuff, so. No, like I said, that's where you get the nicotine. Yes. Yeah. So, this second cigar that I smoked, green wrapper. Yeah. I think I like that one better than the other one. I, really? I agree. I do because too. Because it, the, the, it would, it would change. I could, I would get yeah, a lot yeah. of, the greeny, like you were saying, right? Because uh-huh. it's, it would, it would really come in and out okay. quite, quite a bit. Like, I would really get a, a huge presence of it. One. Did you like the other one? I like, yeah, I like them both. Okay, uh, well, I'm glad like them. I, I, I do prefer that one over this this one here. Okay, um, there was a like a sweet note in it. Okay, that I could taste like a, like a tobacco sweetness, not yeah. like sugar. Yeah, yeah not a sugar to- a sugar note, but like a tobacco sweet tobacco kind of. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that one. Well, I will definitely keep that in mind. I'll bring some up here, put them on locker, that way the next time I see y'all I can give y'all some more. Is there... You said they were they were all pure African tobacco. But no, I, I tried to do pure oh, tobacco. Okay. The, so, the, and there's Nicaraguan in there as well. Okay. With the green ones, there's also, I believe that's Ecuador, Candela is the green wrapper. Okay. okay. So, and like I said, I use the green wrapper so that I know which cigars are short fillers or not. Especially before I get bands. Yeah. You know, once I have the bands, I don't care if they look like I, I'll know what they are. Right. Yeah. But like, so I have a, I have a cabinet at the house, not not a double one like ours. It's a single one, um, and you know, I've got like four shelves in it. So on one shelf, 
the, the cigars, so the top shelf is where I put all the cigars that I buy. So, but the other shelves, it's a rotation thing. So the very bottom shelf are the newest ones I've bought. And then the middle shelf is like, those are ready to smoke, but they're still newer than the shelf above. Right. So okay. that, that's how I keep track of where my cigars are in age. Because, so when I make them, like once I've wrapped them into the finished product, I put them in these little wooden cedar kegs and I let them dry out over a month. Like just completely dry out. It helps, helps them shrink and marry the flavors. You good, bro? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, but it help, I, I feel like it helps marry the flavors a little bit. So they sit in that dry air for a month. Then they go into the humidor again, to, and that, that's when they'll be on the bottom shelf. And this is them getting rehydrated. So okay. they're not all dry and crackling. Then they get up to the next shelf where you can smoke. All right. That shelf's really where I start to determine if I'm ready to give them people. So like after a month of rehydrating, I'll smoke one. If I feel like it's not ready, then I won't give it to anybody. Once I feel they're ready, then I'll hand them out. And then that shelf gets moved up when I make a new batch. All right. Okay. So that's cool. I, I thought it was very, is really interesting when we were here that you had mentioned like product we buy here is the age difference. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you'd buy something that's probably been sitting on a shelf for well, yeah. mul- multiple years and you think it's, and they released it as a 19 or like yeah. a 2019 and it's been sitting for so several years before. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the age process, yeah. yeah. You know, a lot of that has to do with, it, it's a um, it's a happy accident here. So, if we were in a bigger city, all these limited edition things and things like that that we get would probably sell out really quick. Like, we have some cigars that in other shops, you're only allowed to buy two. And, we'll, and then people would be like, so how many can I buy? Well, you can buy the box if you want. And they will do it. They will like, because the shop that they live at, you can only buy two. And then you have to wait till the next time you come back. Like, you can't just buy two, go outside, come back. And right. they're like, no, 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 fucker. Next time you come, you can buy two. Come right? tomorrow, come next week, something else. Right. But yeah, with, yeah, yeah. with us, it's like, well, buy whatever you want. Yes. Right? But again, it's like I said, you know, we have the bar that helps. I mean, luckily, the bar sales don't completely dwarf the rest of sales that we'd have to be uh, a red sign. We're still a blue sign. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, if we were in a bigger town, our cigar stuff would move better because we'd have a larger community. Uh, so we're kind of lucky sometimes that some real gems get, uh, stay around because a, a lot of cigar smokers, they definitely know what they want. Right. Like, and I'm talking about the ones that have been smoking for like 10 plus years. You know, you get that guy, he smokes the Monte Cristo white or the guy that smokes, uh, the Cohiba black, that's what he wants, right? And we, we carry the, some of those cigars still. Those are more of the legacy brands. When you get into things like Black Label Trading Company or HVC, Rojas, like uh, Rojas and Aroma, Aromacraft, those are both Texas-based companies. So you're probably not going to see them in a lot of states outside of Texas, like they're, they're growing. They're still a smaller company. And some of these other places, as soon as they get a Rojas shipment in, gone. And I'm talking like 
hundreds of cigars in a shipment, gone. But these are places like Fort Worth and Dallas. Yeah. So we have the happy accident that some of this stuff gets to age, and aging is a big thing in the cigar in the cigar world. Some guys they don't like to they'll they'll, they'll smoke a cigar and be like, you know what, this needs some more time. So before they smoke the rest of them, they're like they'll revisit in like six months or year because the flavors do change a little bit. Typically, they get more mellow, but I mean, sometimes like some of the flavors just really start to come out yeah. after some time. And, and, and that's another thing in general. Like when you buy a cigar, when you buy a brand new cigar, just came off the truck. Generally speaking, that cigar, that tobacco is already three plus years old. So it's harvested from the field. They hang it up to dry, goes through a ferment, fermentation process. From the fermentation process, it goes to sorting. Then, that, then it gets rolled into a cigar, and that cigar goes and shits, sits on a shelf for one plus years. This whole process from field to store, generally speaking, is about three years. Yeah. So there's no such thing as it. a fresh cigar. It's yeah. a long like, process. Yeah, yeah. So, long time to keep fucking I moisture. Mean, and so, like, my cigar aging process is, all, is months. Because I don't really have the luxury of buying tobacco and waiting three years <laughs> to smoke it. Right. You know, um, so my cigars are definitely fresher, but my the tobacco I get it's still one to two years old, at the least. Right. So, um, I have some cigar. I, I've kept at least one cigar from every batch uh, that I've rolled, but I also have some other cigars that I've rolled that I'm just, I'm trying to forget about. I want to be like, oh, it's been like three years. I wonder what this tastes like. You know. So. Do you have like a journal or something that? That you keep all your notes in it, so you go back like in three years. You like, look like an organized person. <laughs> oh, <man>. No, <laughs> I, I kind of wish I did. I mean, luckily, like if I want to re- if I want to do a cigar again, like that blend. I mean, luckily, I've only got like I've only been through eight or nine blends, right? So the ones that I liked, it's not too hard to remember. The ones that other people liked, not too hard to remember. Like. Um, so, so this one, the Mauño, it has Cameroon Seiko, um, uh, Nicaraguan Lajero, I think. Oh, yeah, the Peace Lord has Nicaraguan Lajero and Nicaraguan Viso, and then it's a Cameroon binder with Ugandan wrapper. The classic Mauño, which is not the box press, doesn't have the Nicaraguan uh, Viso. Uh, the Howard is another one that I made for a guy up here named Howard. And it's uh, aged Dominican uh, Seiko and Lajero with a Nicaraguan binder and, or I'm sorry, a Mexican San Andreas binder and uh, the wrapper is called QB52 Fronto Leaf from like Virginia huh. or something. Nice. Like I remember those ones. Right. I mean, and I'm that dude that remembers the most random shit. So luckily, I, I mean, I, I really probably should have like wrote some shit down. I'm, again, I'm not trying to become a cigar company or anything like that. I mean, obviously, fantasy-wise, I mean, that sounds great, right? But, I mean, I know that there's a lot of work to it. I mean, especially trying to start off a new company. There's so many companies out there. I I sound like I've smoked every cigar that's out there yet. For a while. And for, me, that's yeah. Just, yeah. for me, that's just exciting. It's like there's still new stuff to describe. Right. So to want to... If, if I want to become a cigar company or make a cigar company... Like I said, man, I would, for a month, day in, day out, rolling cigars got to 100, right? I'm like, 
I was exhausted. You know, I would have to quit my job, all my jobs, <laughs> I should say, because I have three. I quit all my jobs so that I could do just that. And maybe in two or three years' time, maybe I'd get to where I could roll 100 cigars in a day like these guys. Right. But that's still one dude. Yeah. yeah. You know, and if I make a batch of cigars in a year and I do 100 a day, so I got what, 3,000 cigars, that's it. Oh, and I'm tired. Like, I'm getting, listen, I'm sweating more thinking about it. Man. <laughs> but no I mean like for me it's it's still it, I think it always will be just like the fascination with the craftsmanship and the stories you know for every cigar I roll when I pick up you know a premium cigar from an established company like you know just like you, you know this I can't do this still I can't do a uh, a barber pole yeah there's goals but it's just like the appreciation there the product there just grows for the craftsmanship that right. goes into it um, going back to etiquette, are you a, how do you feel on relights? Because okay. I, I was told, I've never been a fan of relighting. Like, if I'm going to smoke one, I'm going to smoke it and finish it and not. Okay, yeah, so, okay, so. Uh, right, this is that's just knowledge for me no, at no, this no. point. It's, it's a fun subject, actually. we got this guy that comes up here a lot, and he is infamous for putting down a cigar and it going out. Like, I mean, I swear to God, that guy never smokes that cigar straight through. And it's not that he doesn't like him. He smokes cigars all day. Like, that's his thing. But he'll just put it down and go out and then he'll relight it. And there's other guys like, oh, I hate when you do that. Because there is a thing, like, a lot of people, I mean, and you could probably figure it out right now, but like, now that this is sat and everything, I could probably still relight this. It's probably not going to taste as good as it is. Because right. the tobacco's already gotten a little stale. It's had a bunch of smoke through it. And the longer smoke lingers, the worse it tastes. You know, so, I mean, etiquette-wise, if you don't want your friends to pick on you, don't relight. <laughs> um, otherwise, again, I swear to God, that one phrase that Sam has, that's it. It's your money in your mouth. You already pay for it. Right. If you want to put it back in your mouth, put it back in your mouth. So, but the etiquette, yeah. I will say the main etiquette. Don't snuff out your cigar. It's not a cigarette. Let it die with some medium. Yeah. Okay? Give it some peace. So when I first started and talking to guys who were way more into it than I was, a couple of things they always told me was, you don't ever don't ever tap it out like your ash. Let it fall because that, that shows respect to your roller and the good job that they did and don't ever smash it out. So, look, you know, I'll, you'll see them on Instagram. They'll be like, Look at my cigar and the ash. It's like this much ash. And I know for a fact that person has been like, huh. you know, like leaning back. Like don't want to yeah, fall. yeah. And sorry. Anyways, at some point, man, like they made ashtrays for a reason. Right. I make the joke that I don't know why we use them because most of us, yeah, we're just smoking and it falls and all over our stuff. Yeah. What I would say and what I've seen for etiquette, if you're going to ash a cigar, you come over one light tap right if the ash is ready to fall it'll fall yeah now there is something to this though the ash is insulating that ember right and it's keeping it from getting too cold yeah so you don't want to just keep constantly ashing because that's actually going to lead to it going out more but yeah just every once in a while you notice it's kind of long one tap it's ready it'll go it's not a hole 
Like that that really is like as far as any real etiquette that I adhere to, that is the consensus. Like you do need to ash at some point. Right. So. Either ash or wear it. Yeah. But don't be like sitting there like <laughs> I was always told to roll it. That's, yeah, roll that's the, what I was doing. You know, and, and and that's where you get into that 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 more that like personal pre- thing. Preference. Preference. So like I'm I'm like I said, one if it's ready it goes. As far as like the rolling, like doing that is it's not a bad idea. Yeah. Because you're still preserving the ash, making sure you're not leaving your ember exposed. Um, I just, like I said, I'm just the one. It's like, if it's ready, it's ready. It's not, it's not. Yeah. It's awesome. Uh, it's awesome. Are there, I'll ask you that one off, off the air. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so we do got to get going. Um, we really appreciate you fucking coming and hanging out with us oh, this I, is badass I, yeah, would, I love this I would love to do several more episodes like this if you'd be down to yeah, yeah. Um, just with my schedule man like we'll have to plan in advance or something oh or, yeah definitely oh, just yeah. like this or if y'all would ever be up for like super late night like after midnight on a Saturday if y'all feel like it oh okay I, and, uh, and but I like I said it you know you know I reached out I guess I reached out to you yeah, I don't know yeah. if I texted you either, but you know, I was like, "Hey, are we still on or whatever?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, you know, we had to plan in advance. Uh, Brent is out of town right now, so I had to make sure it was cool with Paula that she would come up early yeah. for us. But and yeah, I mean, I'd like we'd to like have, have Brent on as well here too. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh definitely, yeah, he would love it. That would be super awesome. And I had a fucking great time tonight. Yeah, well, yeah, today this is it's morning yeah. time. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're out of it. We're, we're out of the Zaz Studios and not. In our typical yeah, Sunday at seven, not so, yeah, not <laughs> times. Well, I'm, I really enjoyed it too. Man. I really, and like I said, I'm very impressed by all the equipment here too. It's it's coming together. Uh, a little bit at a time, right? Yeah, it's been little, fun. We started off with little ba- little baby stands. Yeah, little stands. <laughs> we have the arms. Yeah. We iterated to yeah. the solution. We kept on coming through. So, all right, everyone, thanks for listening. Don't forget to check us out on check us out on Facebook. Go hit the like button and share this episode. This, ep- this episode is not offensive, but you can still share it with your mama. <laughs> you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts. Don't forget to check out oh, the no. easy struggle at Shopify.com. And guess what? I got that shit fixed. We had to do the TNCs and get get it there. But you can go to the shop app now. Look oh. up the easy struggle podcast and get you a fucking t-shirt. Oh, is this is the off stuff for stuff? Yes. Oh, we've got, yes. We got oh. shirts and mugs and... Coffee cups and all stickers, stickers, and but all I, the. I noticed y'all all wearing shirts. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so go out there and get you some merch. It'll get you laid this Hell week. Yeah, it should. It should. <laughs> you know? Again, and, and you know, if you're in Big Spring, come check out the train car. They got a great a selection of fucking uh, cigars. They got great selection of whiskey and beers. And come hang out in the lounge and and just. Have a good time. Yeah, You're going to meet people here and just have a great time. It's a nice Absolutely. little hidden gem in here. It is. Yeah. It's not something you get a lot from Big Spring, but this yeah. is one of them. So come check it out. Yeah, yeah. That's it for this week's Shit Show and Shenanigans. shenanigans. <laughs>